All right, so you want to do a show? Uh, yeah, I don't have any headphones. Are you okay with uh, Well, your favorite music is playing, so uh, I, you know what? I, think, I think I like the no headphones. I kind of enjoy hearing myself, just so I know my levels. Oh, uh, that's so, so. Just so, no, 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 just so I know my levels. I love hearing myself. <laughs> it sounds so bad. It's the opposite of uh, most people are like, oh, I hate my voice on tape. I also hate it, but. Well, so. When you start stand-up, that's one of the hardest things. If you're not really into yourself, like. When you have to record your sets, and you have to listen to it back if you want to learn you something. You don't have and a to, lot but I feel I agree with you. If you want to learn something, if you want to learn from what you're doing in the beginning, I struggle with it. I hate my voice. I hate everything that I do. So like, I could never. It was really. It's really hard for me to listen to it. A lot of the stuff. Welcome to Hollywood Anonymous. I'm Brian. Our one. I'm John. It's great news. Um, uh, yeah, so um, I'm guessing that means you don't have a problem with it because you love your voice. No, no, no. I do, oh, like okay. I said, I don't like. I'm, I'm, I'm uncomfortable with the way I sound, you know, in the back of my head. But I've got, I've kind of gotten over it. You got a good voice. Meaning, well, I'm not. I just mean that, like, it's part of what we do. We have to. I have to sometimes re-listen to podcasts. I have to listen to myself. Why? Just to hear what guests said or hear certain things or whatever. Just relive your greatest moments. I mean, this is <laughs> it. When this I said my, that. This is <laughs> Honey, my... come here. I want to play this one thing I said on the podcast a couple times oh again. My, yeah, that would go over well. That's going to be. My wife would be like, please, no, not this anymore is... podcast. No, that's, my, that's my impression of future old comedians. Sweetie, come in the room. I want to I replay this podcast I was crushing it back that, in, uh, look, in 2019. I, I mean, these, these podcasts go online. They're there forever, technically, right? It's like my dad used to make tape recordings of like Amos and Andy and like all these crazy radio shows and Jack Benny and so so we had tapes upon tapes of just these radio shows but now you can just click a click a button and be like oh man I was hilarious on uh, March 20th you know 2019 well, I don't know how you feel about this but I, I I'm fine we I think we talked about this on the last show the other thing about the podcasting for me anyway is it's you remember when we grew up and everything was time cap? Like you, it was like one time capsule. Like you, there was a big thing dig in a hole, elementary school. Yeah. You dig a. Everyone's like, "Here's a piece of lint. Here's uh, something yeah. I wrote in crayon." Like There's it was the most useless information stuff that was in there, right? For the stuff that we did, you know, the shoebox that was clearly going to be dug up by the uh, the janitor yeah. ten minutes after you did it, you know. But that's kind of what I feel like this podcasting and all the social media stuff. If you keep it up and if it stays up, in a weird way, it's its own little time capsule of. It is. I mean, look, we've both done other podcasts. Those are up there. They're there forever. You know, people can find those things. Well, I thought you were going to say those are up there with like some of the greatest podcasts ever those done. Are up we were, and that's we how were, why we're, we're going into the podcasting hall of fame <laughs> shortly. <laughs> there I mean, will once, be. That's it. You know, you joke you know, about that. Eventually, be, yeah. there will be a podcasting. Mark Maron will be inducted first. <laughs> um, Harlan Williams, I think, had one of the first podcasts. Oh, really? I know Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy uh, Pardo has Jimmy been Pardo's doing podcasting had a, yeah. forever. Yeah, but I think. Uh, well, a guy like Jimmy, I think it, it, it immediately served him well. He's like, he's a guy who's got all these thoughts and ideas and wants to talk about yeah. stuff all the time. So, like, that's a way for him to get it out and then not have to necessarily worry about incorporating it into his stand-up. Well, know? it worked out well for me. I remember him calling me once uh, when I was still producing the In Bag Show live. Ooh. We were doing it. It was doing very well at that time. This is, like, pre-Chelsea Handler on E! and stuff like that. That's how long ago it was because that was what he was kind of trying to become, like that, like, in that world. And I remember he and he was doing podcasting. And I remember him calling me and talking to me about like, how do you do it? Like, is it easy? Is it worth it? And I was like, listen, Jimmy, what you're doing is probably way more worth it than the amount of work, time, and energy that we're putting into it for the for the minimal payoff. Because he was kind of looking at it like just like Ian was at the time, was like, oh, this is we do this, 
there's you know they're looking for new stuff on the networks. This is you go A to B to C. But quite frankly, you know, in the end for him, I think it's worked out really well. I mean, he makes a living off of that stuff, and it yeah. actually, like you said, it fits his personality perfect. Yeah, you I know, mean, that's w- that's it, like Dan Cummins. It's yeah. like. The guy started a podcast. He's by himself, essentially. He, he does all this research, and then he because this is stuff that's curious for him. These are things that he would go down the rabbit hole for anyway. You know what I mean? And again, it doesn't have to necessarily. It's a way for him to gain fans and be comical in a sense while sharing information that is you know important, not important necessarily, but like interesting, important, int- interesting to him and his listeners. And at the same time, he doesn't have to worry about formulating any of that into his standup. Now. The great thing about it is when you do a specific, like a show with, that's that specific as Time Suck or what Jimmy does, then it, it 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 becomes kind of who you are anyway, and it's easier to pull from that and make a joke and put it into your act. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like it's kind of a way to like you're 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 almost spitballing and brainstorming all the time without realizing it, and then the stuff that is like you know the un, the uncovered gems, you kind of like pull those out, and then you have. 10 new minutes or yep. whatever, you know. So before we uh, bring in our guest, because he does have a fantastic voice as well, I just wanted to bring up the fact that I did uh, um, uh, a voiceover job um, yesterday. And the funny thing is, like, the guy that reached out to me is, he he knows nothing about me, like my personal history of, like, radio or anything like that, which I know you love when I bring it up. But, uh, but the only reason... <laughs> he must have never listened to the podcast. Well, yes, probably not. <laughs> um. He knows me from the Herald Examiner, just being a guy that ran the Herald Examiner. Oh. And he calls me up and he goes, hey, I want to do this um, like 1950s, 1960s type of, of announcer that does like all those cheesy like, this is Timmy. Timmy's uh, you know, behaving badly on the oh, playground. Oh, yeah. Like that yeah, kind yeah. of stuff. Like, uh, yeah. And I was like, all right, cool. And like he had me, you know, he, he sent me some generic stuff and I read it on the iPhone and sent it back. And he's like, all right, you got the gig. So yesterday I go to do the gig. First and, of all, how uh, great was that audition? You did um, it from from here on your phone. I read it, I read it twice. Yep, and I was done like two minutes late again. And we all know that's not the world that I'm in. So I was just like, "All right, man, cool, here like, you go. whatever." Yeah, no, but that's and I did amazing. it. And he goes, "Dude, you gave me more than one. That is amazing." Like I was like, "Wow," <laughs> like, he was happy for it. Yeah. He was probably just expecting me to be like, "Here's my read. This you get what you get." You know what I mean? And I was just like, "Well, here's a couple different. I don't know what you sure. want. Want here's a couple different. Anyway." So we get there yesterday, there's a couple things, um, and, and we'll expand on this a little bit in a sec with our guests, but um, <laughs> I had forgotten what it's like to go into a nice recording studio, oh. and you first talk into the microphone, the power of your own voice when it's a beautiful microphone, yeah. all of a sudden I was like, that is right. Yeah. This is where I have always belonged. and like it's, I just, In a like, galaxy far, yeah. far away. <laughs> You're like, yeah, yeah. I guess... I didn't get in my own. I didn't get arrogant there, but like in my own mind, I was like, "I do sound amazing." This is so true, everybody. Yeah. Because I'm so used to talking on, you know, stand up mics, cheap mics, or whatever. Sure. But it, how great was that? Just be at the booth and everything. Like the 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 gig. Well, actually, it, it, the gig was great. And but what I was gonna say is, so I did four different reads or four different uh, things, um, multiple reads of each one, done in an hour and a half. Felt really good, you know. Pays well, right? Whatever. Later on that day, my throat is killing me. And I forgot, like, oh, wait a minute. I don't do this. Like, I talk like regular guy, but like not, I I didn't realize like when I was in there, I was was amping it up. I was doing the thing. And I'll leave it at that. And then I want to ask our guest this, but um, because I know he does that stuff. Um, 
So I asked him, anyway, I go, the guy that was recording, he goes, hey, man, um, do you do this often? And I was like, no, I never do this. And as a matter of fact, I turned to the guy, I'm like, why, how did this even come up? He goes, oh, when you know you used to work at the Herald and you used to always like show us around the building, he goes, you always talked in a really like very succinct way. And he goes, I never forgot that. I was like, why does wow. dude talk like that? Wow. <laughs> I mean, goes, how so long ago was that? Decade. Isn't that weird? That's crazy. So let's actually, let's bring in our, yeah. our, our guest. Uh, he, uh, you probably have heard his voice, and you've definitely seen him on television and film, Mr. Matt Corboy. You've actually seen him on Someone You Know, the uh, short film that seems to be doing very well. Thank you is very that, much to this guy. Is that how I know? Because <laughs> I'm like, man. Yeah, you, you've seen his face a gazillion times. Have I met you before? Am yes. I being an idiot? Well, you like, have. You've met him from a distance. Okay. Oh, yeah. hey, guys. <laughs> How's it going? Yeah, it's the Sexy Voice Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so am I not that far off about the fact that if you don't do that, like you can literally, I must have been doing something, not realizing I was doing something yeah, like Yeah, you're probably just pushing it, right, on your voice. Like, I I, it sounds so. like you're just doing a regular guy voiceover, though, right? It I, wasn't I, like, and this, in this world. I like, didn't do that, no, but I, but it was yeah. funny that, like, that later that night, I was like, huh. Funny, Maybe right? it was because I, 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 I'm sure I was constraining something in yeah. some way yeah. to get what they wanted and not realizing it. And I think you also, it's a lot of talking, right? I mean, you're doing multiple takes of this thing, and it's over and over. I, I narrate a television series uh, uh, on the DIY network, and I go in, and it takes me one hour. You know, I go in, and it's it's an hour. Is and that, now, when you do an hour, is that just an episode? That's one episode. One episode. Yeah. Okay, okay. And I, I'll tell you, I'm <clears throat> afterwards, you know, I'm like, God. But it's a little bit of a, um, yeah, not guy from, you know, God voice, but it's a, it's a little bit like, you know, the 2019 Consumer Electronics <laughs> Show. Like, it's a yeah, little like that. You know? you're, putting, you're putting strain on your vocal cords that on a regular day, in a regular conversation, yeah. you wouldn't do. I went to a, uh, uh, an ear, nose, and throat guy uh, once, and, uh, and uh, for something else, actually, and he was like, well, let me just uh, stick this camera up your nose. And he only showed me the, the first, like, inch of it. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Well, it turns out it's like it's like three feet long. It's this black, almost cable. Like cable. Yeah, I've yep. yeah. I used to work for a company. I was a temp at a company that produced those things. So I had to go like Ooh. you had to try them out did, every day. No, I didn't oh, have to. Okay. Put, but they were like these go up butts and in noses, and I was yeah. like, they do what now? Yeah, whoa, whoa. Because <laughs> they were like, I haven't experienced the first one. They were <laughs> second pretty, one. They uh, were pretty long. Like it's you long. can get it's, a camera inside your body. Yeah, and like he literally he goes tilt your head back, and I didn't even ask like, are you cool with this? You know, it was like. Oh, we're just gonna look up in your tilt your head back, and I, like, huh? And then like he like hides it behind his hand, you know, and it goes in your nose, and then you just keeps like feeding it in, and it goes up and down into your throat and down your throat, and he goes, and it's crazy, and it's the weirdest thing because it it actually doesn't like bother you really. It's just sort of an odd it's feeling. Just there. You know? Well, it yeah. sounds like you were wooed by his magic. Right? Yeah. You say he, like, he, like, pulled some kind of voodoo on me. I was <laughs> he, like, dude, that's He used the magic hand to hide yeah, yeah. the. But the <laughs> first thing he said, first thing he said to me, he goes, do you, make a, do you make a living doing voiceover? And I go, I do. And he goes, you could tell. And then he said, you got to stop drinking coffee. First no thing, shit. First thing he said. Did you stop drinking you, coffee? Uh, just out of your- I. Wait, yes why? and no. Yes and no. Wait, wait, so, wait. Why? Yeah, crazy, right? He goes, I can see it. He goes, it's just, uh, you're, I can tell you drink coffee. And I can tell you, 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 know, you use your voice a lot. And I was like, whoa, that's amazing. Uh, he said, switch to green tea. Jesus and I'm Christ. not, listen, guys, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not switching to green tea. Like, <laughs> green it's not, not happening. Bad. I don't mind green tea. <clears throat> so I did switch. <laughs> I switched to mushroom coffee. I don't know what that means. Are you means, familiar with no, mushroom coffee? No, now that I've said it, you will hear it. Okay. Yeah. 
Uh, it's basically this, uh, these mushrooms that they, made. they also put a little coffee in there, but it's very low um, caffeine and low acid. And it has a lot of healthy things for you. So I switched cool. over to mushroom coffee. I just buy it on Amazon's pods, and they send them to my house. And Who told you about mushroom coffee? Uh, a friend of mine's wife. Oh, okay. I went, I, yeah, I went to her house, and I was like, and the, he says that he lives under um, the oppressive food regime. <laughs> In his house, the OPR, right? Yeah. Or OFR. He wants steak yeah. and potatoes. She's like, you're having kale? And- exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so I was like, oh, can I? I he I went to his house, and he, and he builds things. He's a he's a contractor. And we were building um, uh, this custom bureau for my closets. Uh, my wife and I, we just built these closets. And and, uh, and so I go to his house, and, I, and he's like, yeah, my wife will get you something to drink. I was like, oh, can I have a cup of coffee? And he just starts laughing. <laughs> he's like, oh, coffee, that's a good one. You think my wife actually serves coffee? You know, <laughs> like one of those things. And she goes, I have mushroom coffee. And I was like, what the heck is mushroom coffee? It's it's actually amazing. Now, do I don't you, even notice the difference, really. Oh, mushrooms? so it does. No, um, no they're not like, my favorite. It doesn't taste like mushrooms at all. Okay, so it tastes like coffee. Tastes like coffee. Straight up coffee. Tastes like straight up coffee. Because I I can't like the 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 consistency of a, of a mushroom that's not a hallucinogenic going into my mouth. <laughs> right, makes right. Me, See, makes yeah. me nauseous. Although I will say I don't do mushrooms, but I just took my wife to um, Ruth's Chris for dinner for her birthday. Uh-huh. They do a, a wonderful sautéed mushroom there. Oh, okay. I thought <laughs> you were going to tell me that you I, I guys took that. mushrooms before yeah, that. Like, and I, then, oh, yeah. like, I don't do mushrooms. With our 12-year-old son. We, That's uh, right. Don't do mushrooms. I mean, well. We had the most I colorful had. steaks. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, yeah. I could hear <laughs> yeah, them talk. So the, the point of the mushroom is it probably, it must have some sort of yeah, taste it, of coffee still without the acidic. Yeah, and it and actually, it helped. there's things in it. I'm looking at it right now. There's things in it that help your brain uh Apparently, with like memory and I'm loving. Um, I'm getting mushroom coffee now. I'm I, just I, gonna I, say, like, like I, if, first of all, you're telling me organic fair trade coffee pods with chaga, that's one kind of mushroom, and cordyceps mushrooms. You know what? I Vegan like... paleo recyclable cups. Uh, yeah, it's um, it's it. I'm telling you, I don't. So I don't. When you said you do coffee, I. I don't really. I mean, I do mushroom coffee, and that's it. I, so you yeah. stop the regular coffee. Yeah, I, I saw. If, if I'm out and I'll do like a Starbucks, I'll do a decaf. Because no, okay. the guy said it's the caffeine and the and the high acidic rate of a caffeinated coffee, and the, the decaf has uh, less. And acid. what is the so the acid oh. is doing what to for, for somebody know. like yeah. you? It's shredding yeah. your probably shredding, shredding your, your vocal cords. Yeah, your vocal like, cords. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I, I thought maybe it was the heat, but if you're, they're telling you green tea, that's hot as well. Yeah. Like, but I do have be, a question over here in the back. Yeah. Oh, God, yes. Yes. Um, yes, sir, Brian. Yeah. Um, what about all the dudes that pounded caffeine, alcohol, and cigarettes that were some of the greatest voiceover exactly. guys in the history of our childhood? Well, exactly. <laughs> well, but, exactly. But what was their life? Those guys weren't being told to stop anything. No. But, 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 I'm not saying do that, but, yeah, yeah, I mean, but. but singers, like, I mean, even Robert Plant, guy, you know what I mean? Guys who were like prominent frontmen of rock groups from the 60s and 70s, those guys also. Tea and you know honey and lemon yeah. and but that makes sense. I mean those guys are screaming, singing. I mean that's yeah. That's some a of those whole other. Well, I was at I was at L.A. Studios recording a voiceover a few months ago, and there was like a, this famous voiceover artist there, and he was outside chain smoking cigarettes. He was lighting the last cigarette with the next cigarette. You know, that, or, you know I, what I mean? that is t- that is literally when people say chain smoking, they don't understand what that's what chain smoking is. Yeah, when you don't, it's a continuous you, cigarette. You don't you stop. never stop. And yeah. uh, and I was like, oh yeah, you're really 
really sucking them down, huh? You know, like six. Yeah, and he goes, uh, and he goes, yeah, I'm doing a, I'm doing a, I'm doing a VO, I'm doing like the truck guy, you know. And he said, really, it really helps me to get into that, uh, into that range. You oh, know? Like, you can't find anything yeah. else. You need yeah, cigarettes yeah, yeah. to like, sh- <laughs> isn't that crazy? <laughs> shit down your throat. Like, yeah, that's nuts. But he can write off buying cigarettes, I guess. Oh my god, you know? that's a tax his corporation write-off? buys his like, cigarettes. Now for him. packs are fifteen dollars or yeah. whatever. I Is that, are they? I don't, I don't smoke. I, have I no haven't idea. bought a pack of cigarettes in probably yeah. twenty years. I've never bought a pack of cigarettes. I Neither have I. Yeah, never. Neither have had no, not even for someone else. Yeah, no. Really? No. Huh. It's never that I, 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 I. To this day, I still remember the one time I tried it, and it was at the Village Green, right down the street from our house. We were a bunch of kids, and and they used to have these. It's, it's times have changed so much. They used to have these parties at. Uh, like the the city would have these events at the on the public grounds, and it was just alcohol fuel. It was just all the neighbors, yeah. adult neighbors, just getting Essentially hammered. Essentially, a block party, getting hammered, smoking cigarettes. Yep. And and one of our friends like snuck in, like they, you know, all kids do. They're like, I'm going to steal some shit because the parents are all drunk. They don't know when shit <laughs> gets <laughs> stolen, right? See it. Yeah. And they stole the pack of cigarettes, and they're like, let's. We were really young, and they were like, let's just try these, you know, and. Um, Started passing around. I was like one puff. I'm like, I'm good. I'm yeah, out. yeah. I don't know I'm what out. You these can take people this were... diarrhea <laughs> rolled but, up into a fucking oh, tight roll. But they say like that's usually what happens, right? Like your body's usually like, yeah, no, nope. Like either I never... yes or no. Well, I'll tell you when I was. Did you ever I, try I, one? I, well, I'll tell you. I think I was 13. <sighs> Dude, I wish I knew exactly how old it was. I think I was 12. I went over to my best friend Matt Green's house in Pearl City in Hawaii, Ooh. and he, uh, his dad, his parents were divorced, and his dad was one of these kind of like. Just sort of rough and tumble dudes, you know. And we were, um, we 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 had stolen his pouch of a red man. Oh God, red man chew, right? Oh, and we got caught. And his dad goes, "Oh, you guys want to do some chew? Oh yeah." And we were like, "No, I mean, yeah, I mean, well, you know, <laughs> oh, we don't. Yeah, no, but yeah." So he goes, "Tell you what, guys." Yet. Tell you what, you can. Ha- I got a fresh pack right here. Why don't I open it up for you? Opens it up. Oh, we go to the bathroom. He's like, "Go into the bathroom, dude. Stay here until you're done with all of that chew. You're gonna love it, right?" So we just, I mean, cheeks like uh, chipmunks, it's making dude. Making me dry heave, just full of this idea, shit, yeah. right? And so we're sitting there, and I'm like, "Jokes on him. <laughs> we're loving it. We're so bad. <laughs> you know, yeah. just like, I mean, I mean, so gross, right? So we go to sleep. And it starts spinning. I oh, mean, yeah. the, my my world is upside down, <laughs> and it, I'm like, <laughs> and I go and I throw up all night long. Oh, yeah. I mean, I throw up all night. Like I have yeah. nicotine poisoning, right? Yeah. I mean, I just feel so bad, right? And I it, and so it cut to college, right? I haven't really done anything since. And, uh, you know, cute girl at a party, and she's like, hey, you want to go have a cigarette with me? And I'm like, oh. yeah, I'd love to have a cigarette. I love <laughs> cigarettes. Johnny Six. <laughs> yeah, they don't call me Johnny Six or nothing. And, uh, you know, you light the filter side. You're like, <laughs> crap, damn it. <laughs> They're like, hey, weirdo, don't smoke the brown part. <laughs> and I'll tell you, I took uh, two puffs of it, and that feeling at Matt Green's dad's place in Pearl City came right back. Came right rushing right back. And... I think that Matt Green's dad yep. has developed a, like a, an aversion in me to nicotine, and I I just can't do it. I can't smoke cigars on the golf course. Yeah. I can't I can't smell a can of chew without dry heaving. Oof. Like it's just to the and I'm 45. This is when I was 12. 
yeah. to this day, you know. But yeah, that's I want to thank him. You know, yeah, I really yeah, I, I want to find that Matt Green's you a dad favor because yeah. if you had you know tiptoed into it and become like a little bit at a time, then yep. oh I, I got because yep. the people that I know that that chew like they've been doing it for a very long time at this yeah. point. They don't use a spit cup. Yeah, no, no, the no. Which, what's up with that, right? I, like, where does it go, I can't dude? Even... One of my friend's dads <laughs> when I was it. back in Racine, Wisconsin, he was a chewer, and he didn't keep a cup in his car. And as he's driving his car, leaded gas back then. That's how old, long ago this was. He would just open up the door while he was driving, spit out, and then close the door back up. Oh, like, but these guys are talking about swallowing. No, swallowing. Swallowing. Swallow the juice. Drink it. Who's my doing bu- that? Why my would you do Tim, that to my yourself? My buddy Tim. My buddy Tim. Why? When he puts a dip in. Yep. There's no cup. I go, where are you spitting? Where's it going? He goes, I tummy. Have to swallow it. I go, it goes his tummy. I, and, we're I, wor- and we're worried about coffee. I tried. Oh. <laughs> yeah. He's, I tried tra- he's drinking Kodiak. chew juice. I tried Kodiak when I was 15. Oh, the K-Bear. Uh, me and these guys were going to meet uh, some <laughs> girls. It was like kind of, I don't know, after hours or what, but we were like sneak. I don't know if we had to sneak out, but we were meeting these girls in this neighborhood, and my buddy's like, do you want do you want a dip? And these are the same guys that like I first tried beers with, and I was like, oh, they wouldn't steer me wrong. <laughs> so I, Friends? Take, I take a fucking cranky whatever of just in between my fingers, and I just put it in my lip. And we're walking, and I go, what happens if you, like, swallow the juice? And my buddy goes, oh, dude, you'll throw up. Did you swallow the juice? And I go, <laughs> I go, I go, no, no, I'm good. And then uh, we get, I'm, I'm trying to spit. And, you know, it's the same thing. I'm starting to get hot and, like, starting to sweat. Sweaty. We get to these girls who I am still, I'm friends with, like, most of these people still today. But we get to these girls, and we're like, like oh, hey, what are you doing? I go, oh, nothing. Uh, how's it going? I'll be right back. And I just walked over to this fire hydrant and just started throwing up. Yeah. And then I went to, I went back to my friend's Was house. Was it a minty throw up? Oh, you? God, dude. It was so gross. And then I went back to my friend's house. I threw up. I ended up at home that night throwing up. And my mom was like, what's wrong? Are you okay? And I literally, I took, before I opened the bathroom door, I looked at my face in the mirror and I had all this oh, like uh, it, uh, tobacco yeah, in yeah, yeah. my teeth. So I literally, like all I said, yeah, I'm fine. We just ate too many ho-hos over at Joe's oh, house. That was your excuse? Because it looked like chocolate to me. And she oh was like, uh, okay. And All she right. was like, just closed the door, like, disgusting. But I wasn't like, she could tell I wasn't hammered or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, so yeah. she was like, you're just, all right, whatever. Uh, but like, I threw up, I want to say nine, 10, oh my God. times. Yeah, that'll happen to me. I, I have a joke with my friends. I all like, Many of my friends dip, right? And we go on these golf trips. And, uh, and I, I tell everybody, I'm like, guys... No one's allowed to give Matt a dip. No matter how much Matt asks for a dip, <laughs> we don't me. give Matt ignore a dip. Because after 12 Coors Lights on the golf course, <laughs> Dad, Matt might, to think. Daddy might think, maybe I can have a dip because oh, all the guys are doing it. And it's cool. It looks cool, right? It looks like it tastes good. Yeah. When they do it, you're like, ooh, is that good? Like, yeah, it seems yeah, cool. They're like, it. oh. <laughs> and my buddy Eric just like, oh, oh. When he puts it in, it's like, mmm. He just yeah. loves it. I'm like, maybe... Maybe the maybe the curse has worn off. Like no. maybe it's been it, it thirty well be three years. Pubic hair you're putting in there, dude. Yeah, it's and I, so disgusting. so I'll tell them like you know sometimes like late at night I'm like give me give me one of those pouches you know and then they'll throw me the tin and I'll look at it and I go that was a test you failed. <laughs> 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 Like They're you're not fussy. allowed they to give care. me. They're like, try, you're yeah. an adult, dude. Take one. I'm like, stop it. I'm I tried not to pouch. I will throw up Let like you, you did. Something. Then there yeah. are there are there are two different types of friends. There is a, there is there are friends that will the true friends will always be honest with you. They'd be like, you look like shit today, yeah. and they'll walk away. And like they'll literally just 
they'll turd bomb you and yeah. walk away. That's a good <laughs> friend. You you're, if you feel offended, but you're like, oh, but at least but I know where I'm going. You're great, but you got shit in your teeth. And, and then there's the other friends that will never have your back on anything no because it's way more fun to not have your back. Like they yeah. just like those guys. Yeah. You're like, nah, here. Yeah, fuck yeah. it. You we'll you asked for it. We'll watch it. They already know what's going to happen if yes. you put that in. They yeah. know. They're like, yeah. oh, you want? But one? I, I, they're both friends still worth having, but oh, they're yeah. just two yeah. different types oh, of yeah. friends. Well, and then one of them, they they do the um, Zeiss Zis Zos. It's it's not. It's like a fake tobacco. It's Ooh. like a, it's for people who are trying not to dip. Okay, but it's still dip, right? And it has a certain amount of anyway that you know they were like the, you can do this one. So I threw one of those uh, in my lip last year, and about two minutes later, I was like, "Nope, nope, no. can't even do this one." <laughs> nah, nah. Well, I didn't throw up. I didn't throw up. But you, you took it out. Because but you the, took it out but, immediately. But the hot like, feeling, oh yeah. god, sweat so started, and I was like, oh, oh, "Yeah, got, it's like the beginning uh, of food poisoning." But yeah. like, <laughs> you, just, you didn't get to eat anything. Like, and, it's and just, you and you voluntarily. <laughs> Took it to get food. Uh, hey, yeah. here's some food poisoning. Oh, put that in my mouth. Yeah, you're I'll better off that. just putting I'm, a raw I'm, shrimp in I, between I, your. Uh, and, your and that's <laughs> how human beings are so goddamn stupid. Like, even after 15 years old, throwing up, I didn't dip again. I get to college, I'm working in landscaping, and everyone around me's dipping. I go, oh yeah, no, no, I'll take it's one the of those. Same thing. And I put a, yeah. I put a pouch in. And I was like, oh, never mind. Oh, that nope, was nope, a terrible nope, idea. Nope, can't do it. I think I can smoke a cigar every once in a while, you know. Cigars and I'll, don't and do and anything I, for me, dude. I can't. I still. It's that. Get that feeling. That you like, got your memory is it's very ingrained in your yeah. system. And I'll tell I you, I wonder if it's it's less physiological versus si- it oh, obviously it, stayed, like Pavlov. It, it, yeah, of, yeah, it yeah, got yeah. you so bad. But you know what? Thank God it did, man. Yeah, because of course I dude. never smoked. I never I've never smoked a whole cigarette ever in my life. Never bought a pack. Never done anything. My dad was like, if I knew that he did that to you, I would have been so pissed. You know, and I was Except, like, "Yeah, I go." Would no. you rather him go? Well, now you got to be disciplined, and now it's yeah. just, it's taboo, and now you're gonna keep sneaking away and dipping, like exactly. And getting like I said, you the little bit at a time, you get used to it. Yep, especially when fellas like their wives don't like them to dip, but they still dip. So it's like I'm gonna go take the dog for a walk, and that's their dipping time. I yeah. can't. I love that when people like. That's what I love about sitcoms and stuff. Like, like I I smoked cigarettes for a little while. And then eventually I was like, oh, I can't, I don't like them and they make me sick. It was yeah. the same thing with tobacco. After eventually I was like, I just don't like them. But like when they show, like there's an episode of Friends where Chandler starts smoking again. <laughs> Fucking guy lights a cig in his office and he's like <laughs> trying to blow the smoke away with a fan. I go, dude, if I took one puff of a cigarette, oh. everyone in this room would know it. Oh, you know, yeah. If I walked outside, I took a puff of a cigarette and came back in, you'd be like, you oh. can smoke two and, doors over. And, and I, I, yeah, you'd do smell people it. in cars with their windows open. I'm like, oh, come on. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I, I've become yeah, so. Yeah, there's no like, hiding it. It's such a stink that, like, there's no possible way you can hide that no. shit. No. Yeah. And I also don't understand anyway, and we'll move on from Chew Talk. But <laughs> oh, today good. on cancer. But that's hey, the, well, that's the whole talk. thing about the. But it, okay, cancer aside, chew is just, it's a, it's kind of a disgusting habit. And I always look at it, I'm like, who's yeah, kissing that mouth? Yeah. Like, it's. Yeah. It's it stains your teeth like your mm. teeth look gross. You have this huge mm. wad of something, and there's always brown stuff coming out oh. of your mouth. Like there's nothing about it. I guess if like dudes are just hanging out with dudes, being oh. dudes, Dude, yeah, the yeah. maybe the, dudes don't care. But no, the kicker. I still think bears. it's gross. And you know they they dip into a beer bottle and put it right next to your your beer, beer bottle. <laughs> beer in. They all look the same. Yeah, and a brown bush bottle. I mean, I can't tell you how many times like. Grab the wrong bottle and ah. just like in a conversation, as it gets like an inch away from your you lips, smell you it. smell yeah. it, and you're like, "Oh, yeah. I've drank whole beers." Oh. And I mean, in college, I drank one one time. Teeth. 
Yeah, it's, yeah. it's so disgusting. That happened to me in college, too. I mean, it hit my teeth, and I was like, ugh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Somebody put a cigarette out in a beer, you know, and, and just drop a beer, it in. and you're we, like. We were slobs. Yeah. We were all slobs. Always reminds me of what's-his-name from Caddyshack going around stealing the alcohol, drinking, he drinks the cigarettes and yeah. vomits. And then he and throws the, up yeah, in the yeah. convertible. Dr. Beaker's yeah. car, right? Yeah. Well, what was that kid's a, name? I want. Uh, 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 not Preston. Uh, I can't remember. Great movie. Yeah. Oh my God. You'll get nothing and like it. So, uh, you, so you, uh, you you referenced it earlier. Um, um, it's time to play stupid and get to know a couple things about you. Sure. You, so you grew up in Hawaii. Yeah. Born and raised in Honolulu, oh, Hawaii. That's raised. awesome. Yeah. Now, yeah. It's um, the greatest place ever to grow. Where, up. I, if I remember correctly, um, people that are are you class? So you are classified as a Hawaiian, or are you classified no. as your families so, are? What they call them Hollies, or is that still not? No, that Hollies is like is that still a cracker, not, isn't it? No, but, I mean kind of. But I don't um, know. So I was gonna ask. I'll tell you. So take us to that yeah. whole world. So uh, now, if you're born in California, you are a California. Californian. If you're born in Hawaii, you are a Hawaiian. No, sir. You are a Kamaaina. <laughs> so Hawaiian, because it's an actual um, ethnicity, uh, oh. you are not Hawaiian, right? Oh, okay. You have to have Hawaiian blood. I do not have Hawaiian blood, although um, sort of third generation uh, you know, living in Hawaii. Oh, okay, right? so your parents yeah. didn't move over there. You, your parents. Yeah, my grandfather was stationed there for World War II. Oh, and stayed. Yeah. Okay. And stayed. Why and my would grandmother's you leave? from New Zealand. Yeah, exactly. Right. My grandmother's from New Zealand, and you know, she was like, "Well, I love you know, let I'd love to marry you, but you're from Chicago, and that's really far from New Zealand. But you've been, <laughs> we, you've been, you know, you're here in Hawaii during the war. It's pretty nice here. Maybe we should stay closer to home. And yeah, so they did. Nice and yeah, point. and then my dad, my uncle, my aunt were all raised in Hawaii, and my brother, my sister, and I were all raised in Hawaii. And so we, I feel like I, I I've stopped. I have a twelve year old son, and I raise him in California. You know, and uh, so what we live there in the summer. I call it living there. We're there for a month, okay, uh, at least. Hey, every at least summer. That's look. At least your kid's getting over there. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I, I really feel like I'm doing him a disservice by not raising him in Hawaii. Uh, and so um, I try to do my best, which is like a month or two. We're going camping next month in Hawaii. We're oh, we're, we're doing the, uh, the there's this father son group. And so anyway, yeah, we're haoles. We're uh, haole is a word uh, that's two words. It's haole. Uh, oh. Ha is the breath, and ole is without. So if you are without the breath of Hawaii, if you're not Hawaiian, you are haole. Uh, so the first white men that came over were haole. The, the, the Hawaiians called them haoles, right? Well, they happen to be white guys. So then it sort of just became the term for white, white. guys. Like, you're not going to call a Japanese dude in Hawaii haole. Haole, right, right. Because although he probably is haole, he's not a haole. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a strange distinction. But, well, um, he's, not, he's not Hawaiian. Uh, but he's also not like the white cracker type. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, um, and they and it's really used uh, as uh, as a white person. You know, yeah. like uh, a couple holly guys were walking down the street. You know, and, whatever. And, and yeah, their and meth is ice. Like, it, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. My buddy always used to go, "Oh, you got in that holly ice, bro?" And I was like, "What?" <laughs> we did have a, uh, it's a problem a, there. A, a, yeah. a, a previous guest that did that had moved over there. They didn't. They didn't. Yeah. Uh, uh, with it, and he did talk about it. every once in a while he would get. He would get beat up and stuff like that. Yeah, it's so, true, man. So it's so, it, I, you know, not it, a lot, but he just no. said, and, and he had moved too, so maybe his experience was different. But he did say that from time to time there was a little bit of a rub. Yeah, there and there still is. You know, like there I've been is, out man. surfing and uh, local guys come out. You know, they're like, "Hey, fucking Holly, bro, go in." Yeah, and you know, it's Titus Kinimaka, and this guy's giant, and you know, you're like, okay. <laughs> yeah, turn around. Well, I'm turn around. Fight you here in the water. Yeah, you turn around, paddle idea. in. You know, um, yeah. There was that back in the day. There was a at public schools. There was a, a kill Howley day, 
You know, oh. and, and yeah, none of the none of the Holly kids. What was the like, mascot? It was like cool. Like my brother got beat up walking home. We 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 lived in Makiki. We grew, my mom still lives in the house we grew up in. And um, you go by this Roosevelt High School, which is a uh, you know a public high school in Hawaii. And brother was walking home, you know, and kill Holly Day, and didn't realize it, and you know, got beat up and. Just it's bummer, for being Howley. Yeah, just for something? being Howley, just for being white, you know, which is a crazy thing. People, I told this, I, I was a freshman at Colorado State University, and I lived on the basketball uh, dorm floor. And uh, so a lot of my friends were uh, the basketball guys, and a lot of them happened to be black guys. And and uh, and this one guy was telling me, he's like, dude, you have no idea what it's like to be oppressed for the color of your skin. And I'm like, I agree with you, because I'm a privileged white guy. But I will tell you a story about Hawaii. Yeah. <laughs> and I told him this story, and he goes... Man, you're the first white guy that can actually, I think, kind of can, can, can say that. Can, can like comprehend it. And yeah. I was like, yeah, listen, I'm still at the end of the day, I'm privileged. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, don't yeah. get me wrong. Like, I don't. No have one any follows that, me around a store when I yeah, go. Yeah, in, like, exactly. I'm like, dude, I do not know shit. what you yeah. are going through. But I will tell you that there's a, there's a small thing in Hawaii where Holly, you know, because you're white, you get you get kicked you get kicked out of the ocean, you get beat up, you get you know, it's a, it's an interesting yeah. thing. Were us white folks dicks to them at some point? Is that why they or they, were we were we invaders? Well, is, that, is that the that attitude like, that they have towards it? Is that why? Not there's really. Kill, I mean, there's a kill Holly. Like I don't it, know. Does it stem I from like? A, it doesn't. It's not around anymore. I'll put it. That was like back. No, in the but 80s, the attitude. You know? Do you think it stems from some sort of like this was our place and they're coming here and they're yeah. But okay. I'll tell you, there's very few um, you know Native Hawaiians that are in Hawaii. There it, are. Okay. Yeah, it's very. I mean, it's also like such a it, the beauty of Hawaii is that it's such a melting pot. You know, like uh, we call it Hapa. Hapa means half. But so if if a, a guy's dad is Asian and the mom's Holly, they're Hapa. Right, gotcha. And then so, but the dad, the Asian dad, could be Filipino, Chinese, Hawaiian, Portuguese, you know, whatever it is. Like he could be a ton of things, right? So it's really not Hapa; it's more mixed. I mean, mm-hmm. just like whatever. But um, yeah, there's not too many people who actually have Hawaiian blood, you know, in Hawaii. So, what uh, is it like growing up in Hawaii? It's the best. Man. Is it? It's the best. I, I, I love and you're not it, romanticizing man. it. I no, mean, no, no, no. I, imagine, I, I would. Yeah. It is. Uh, is it different? My experience was it's the greatest place on the planet to grow up. Is it so? Is it what yeah. everybody says? Is it is it truly laid back? Is it different? Yeah. Do, do as far as um, uh, places that would be classified as American, is it the least American of the world of America that you live in, and the way people conduct? Yeah, themselves? Yeah, it's got its own. It, the, the beauty of Hawaii is it, it's sort of it has its own culture, like it really has its own culture. And um, I j- bought into it, and uh, you know my sports growing up are Hawaiian outrigger canoe paddling, like been racing uh, Hawaiian outrigger canoes since I was a kid. Uh, oh, wow. Hawaiian um, sailing canoes, been racing those since I was a kid. And and, and just like the culture, the hula, I've been, you know, grew up dancing hula, and they have these big uh, holoku pageants, which are big, you know, hula pageants and stuff. And and it's awesome. So, I, I mean, I love it. I love the history of the monarchy in Hawaii. And I love, I mean, I, my grandfather, listen, he was there from, from 41 on. My grandfather was actually on the coalition to make Hawaii a state. Okay, so wow. he's one of like eight guys who helped. Uh, you know, it, depending on which side of the coin you're on, you know, a lot of people think that they that was a big help to Hawaii, and a lot of a lot the of natives are like, are like "Well, American come on, man, you know up, what's going yeah. on." But uh, so it all depends on which side. I'm not here to argue that, but um, you well, know, it, it's killer, man. Hawaii's unreal, and I, I wish I lived there. Um, so, it, so know. the question becomes, why did was it school that that moved you? Yeah, it, I think every kid who grew up in Hawaii needs to go to college on the mainland. Does it feel small after a while? Is that part of the no, problem? No, it's never felt small to me, but I do think that uh, you there's a lot of things to experience that you don't get to experience in Hawaii. Such you know, as? Uh, seasons. 
uh, being able to drive more than an hour in one direction. Uh, just different. Uh, wow. Just meeting people from Wisconsin. You know, like what people from Wisconsin are Ugh, like. Well, you, you know, don't like want to do that. Yeah, those people are crazy. <laughs> uh, but you know what I mean? Like just seeing how like you just seeing people from all over. And like it's 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 a really good thing I think for for kids from Hawaii. To go out and ha- go to school in the mainland, and so I went to Colorado State University. Had the why, greatest why there? four and a half year. Um, the long answer or the short answer? Both. Uh, the short answer is uh, it was the only place that I was accepted. <laughs> <laughs> but Colorado State's beautiful. I mean, Colorado's a beautiful Colorado, state. Colorado, no, I'll tell you. I, 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 yeah, you I, went. You don't. You, you refuse to live yeah. anywhere ugly. Dude, well, listen. In high school, I played. <laughs> I played water polo in high school. We used to travel Whoa. all over and play in these tournaments up and down California and. And uh, and my aunt, my favorite aunt, my dad's well, my only aunt really. Uh, my dad's sister uh, lives in Denver, and uh, and so I always said that I could live in in Colorado, Southern California, or Hawaii. Those would be the only places that I could live. Interesting, you know? that's fair. Beauty, and, beauty, uh, and beauty. And then yeah, and, and I and I went to school in one, and I live in another now, and I'm from the other one. But um, did so you I play I, sports there. Is that when you I s- did? I played yeah, I played uh, volleyball, horse polo. And water polo in college. Jesus. Wait a minute. Yeah. So there are there. So there's How do you actually get those horses yeah. in the water. <laughs> yeah. Kidding. Well, that's why because I played water polo. People they, are like, oh, you played polo in college, and I'm like, because we just pol- call water polo polo. Yeah. And so that's why I say the distinction horse, yeah, of horse yeah. polo. Interesting. Uh, so yeah. so horse polo was a thing on, in Hawaii. It's it is a thing in Hawaii. I never played growing up. I never up. heard anybody. My cousins. So my uh, on my mom's side, my cousins play professional polo. So they're professional polo players. They're from Boca Raton, Florida. Wow. Yeah. And I got to college, and my buddy's roommate was on the polo team. He is an amazing polo player. And I said, oh, my cousins play polo. And he goes, who are your cousins? And I said, Daryl and Dale Schwetz. And it's like I said, Charles Barkley's my cousin. I don't play basketball. Right, right. yeah. He's like, Warner, you flipped out. He's like, how are you related? I go, our grandmothers are sisters. He goes, so you're blood related, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. They're and my he goes, cousins. dude, you got to come out to the. You, I'm bringing you to the polo grounds tomorrow. We're I'm because Colorado State's a huge agriculture, uh, agricultural school, and uh, a big equine sciences. Uh, they have yeah. a huge vet program there, so we have they have a string of like 25 ponies that we get for free, you know, and the so we have all these polo ponies and this huge you know arena to play in. And so I just went out with him one day, and I'm like, I don't even know, know how to ride, you know? And he goes, you'll figure it out. Put like, a, put like a polo mat, mallet in my hand, and we just kind of went, it's called stick and ball, just kind of stick and balling around the, around the arena and had so much fun, and I picked it up pretty quickly. And that summer, I went and lived with my cousins down in Florida, and they just taught, they have polo ponies of their own, and they taught me how to play polo. And I came back the next year, and I started on the JV team. Wow, and so I played what? for two years in college, yeah. It was Can really I, cool. Because I've only seen... Um, Polo uh, being played like in a James Bond movie, on or something. T- yeah, right, yeah, yeah, on yeah. Uh, uh, through a screen. I've never been there at a at a what do you call them matches? Uh, yeah, polo match. Yeah, a, a match. Yeah. Uh, how long is that handle? Are you having to lean off the side of the horse to get yeah. the ball? You yeah, are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes. And have you? And ever, do you ever hit the ball into the horse? Yes, all the time. Okay. And do you They're feel okay. horrible about it? Uh, no, because it's a uh, in, <laughs> indoor. <laughs> the polo, those, those ponies are big, man. The indoor ball is like a soccer ball. Oh, uh, it's the size of a f- softball, but it is soccer ball material. Okay, so okay. it's I, I'm thinking like a croquet ball. No, 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 no. Okay. Outdoor is a different story. Outdoor is that's uh, after college, right? The professional. There's a smaller ball, and it's like a croquet ball, and it is. You hit a horse with those, that'll hurt them, you know. And, yeah. And that happens less and less. But indoor, you you know, you do. All the rules are in place 
to protect the ponies. Okay. So you have to always be on a line. You can't come in, you know, across the line where yeah, you're, where you you're traveling. You can't another guy exactly. on a pony. I'm going to break a horse's leg, you know, and then they're done. Yeah. Right? That's not a good um, look on a horse. And you have to play right-handed. No oh. matter what. No matter what. If you are a left-handed person and you want to play polo, you play polo right-handed. And why is that? Uh, to protect the, po- the pony. So it's always on the same side. Okay. Yeah. And if you want to go on the left side, you have to bring your arm over and then huh. play. It can off. only be with your right hand. Yeah, you can only be with the right hand. Both it has to be with the right hand. Yeah. Off. Yeah. Wow. And That's it's fun. Crazy. Three three checkers long, and it's uh, indoors three uh, players, outdoors four. Do you know how to ride a horse standing on t- like sta- on, on two? Would you? Can you stand up on a horse and like wave to people? Like, <laughs> like how good at horseback riding are you? Uh, I'm <laughs> decent. Not that good. I mean, he's not Will Rogers in a yeah. circus. I don't know what you're. I don't know. He's picked. He went to. He went to college and then becomes. Yeah. Like one year I, later, he's like JV Polo. How you doing? Here's yeah. a story I don't get yeah. to tell. So I went to college and they were like, "Oh, you you had family that used to play baseball? I did. Well, you're on the baseball team now. Like that. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. a story I'll never be telling. So you know. Oh, your dad watched football. Well, yeah. now you're the quarterback. <laughs> he's, he's yeah, yeah. Watched yeah. football. But I mean, I you know I I, I kind of got in there and then learned and did a. Did it on my own, and then came back the next year, and I was like, "Yeah, I've been practicing. You know, like I think I can." And then I tried out for the team, and made it, and then started, and it was really fun. So the ch- the, the choices of sports that you did in high school was a little bit different than your average American, or yeah. or, or was that just yeah. your choices? They, I'm no, assuming no, no, they no. still most, had all most the other of my stuff, friends paddled but... canoe in Hawaii. I belonged to a club in Hawaii called Outrigger Canoe Club, and we paddle canoe out there. And so, like your standards, your baseballs, your basketball, yeah, they're your they're all out there. But I... is it is that not? That's not the, their it, thing? Is it, that, no, is no, no. It's very much people's thing. It just it wasn't is. my thing. It wasn't your thing. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. He comes I, um, from the land of the Pro Bowl. Well, you probably yeah. have. Yeah. <laughs> the only professional football we had. Did you ever go to that? Every year. Every year. Oh, man. And then now that it's moved to Florida, I'm like, what are all those kids in Hawaii going to do? So it's a big deal. the only professional football we had. Like, I think we thought it was like real football. Or maybe they tried harder back then. Back then yeah, they back did. Then, now I think they did, because like now it's just game. like now 112 to 89 football score. And you're like, what? 112 it's a to 89. It's a futile game that doesn't need to be played. It, has, it serves no, absolutely no it's purpose. It's really just to get the kids out there to meet the players and you know that yeah. sort of thing. Were you, um, based on your age, were they were you on the island where they filmed like Magna P.I. and that kind of stuff? Or was that yeah. done elsewhere? And did you know that they were filming? Oh, yeah. We my, did. My, I used to I used to dream that Magnum, uh, that, I, that I would be an actor on Magnum P.I. and Magnum would be my dad. Um, did you ever see them filming? Oh, all the time. You yeah. did? Okay. Yeah, everywhere, yeah. right? I mean, did, so you actually saw Tom so Selleck I was in his, a- I was in his an actor. Well, we belonged to the same club. He's belong, he belongs to Outrigger Canoe Club. So we would see him playing beach volleyball there all the time. And we're like, no That's way. Selleck it's, with his it's, stash uh, Yeah, it's there. Magnum. You know, it's Tom Selleck. But, Shirtless you know. Selleck, man. So yeah, it was yeah, a yeah. big deal on the island. Oh, a huge deal, man. Okay. Yeah, he lived, and we all knew where he lived. He lived at the end of Black Point Road, and he, you know, he had a big place out there. And he really adopted Hawaii. So did Jack Lord. Jack Lord was the original McGarrett on 5-0. That's a little before my time, but my father's an eye surgeon, and Jack Lord was one of his patients. And Jack Lord was, was an ambassador for Hawaii. I mean, he was out there for nine years. So these guys actually lived there because of the yeah. filming schedules. Yeah, Why back not, then. Right? Well, yeah, exactly. I have a hard time believing that if I was on the show Lost, that I would have moved back to California. I know. You, you know, know who I mean? did not like, move back? Daniel Day Kim. He's still out there. He was on Lost. Well, he was also on. He's on the new Hawaii Five. Oh, well, he was. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But how how killer is that? So Daniel Day Kim, his kids go to the same high school I went to, oh, uh, Dan, and they play volleyball. Uh, Daniel Day Kim loved Hawaii so much that he stayed, and then he brought you know the, the counter, you know the, the burger franchise. The story I got was oh yeah, you know, that, that wasn't oh, in yeah. Hawaii, and he was like, well, 
I'm just I live here now and I, I got a few bucks, so I'm gonna franchise the counter and bring that <laughs> to Hawaii. And I heard that's what he did. And then he sold it, and then he got uh, Hawaii Five O, and then he stayed for another. You know, I think he was on the show for seven years, eight years, and now he's, he's the executive producer of uh, the Good Doctor. But that's up in Canada, which is crazy. But so now but his kids, so, so his kids, his wife, they all live in Hawaii. And so they then, stay. He still, yeah, he still lives. He, he's, okay. yeah, as far as I know, he lives in Hawaii. I know his kids go to my, my high school, and I'm sure their dad is traveling a ton now. But um, yeah, he, it's interesting because uh, well, and and the, the but the Magnum thing, like Magnum, like yeah. that was the Hawaii show, right? Like oh, it was, dude. It, it was, was the Hawaii show, and I'll tell you, uh, Brian. All I wanted to do was to audition for the new Magnum. I mean, I wanted to be Rick. So you so didn't try as a kid to get in the other one. I never did. I, I so I had an agent as a kid. Um, uh, I was with the Kathy Muller agency, and in I, Hawaii. In Hawaii, what? Yeah. What? How, what brought that on, though? What commercials? They shoot. <clears throat> excuse me. Uh-oh. They shoot a lot. Uh, no, it's all the coffee. They shoot a lot of uh, Japanese. Television commercials in Hawaii. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and I used to have like white blonde hair growing up, and so and surf, and you know, and so that's a towhead. That, a towhead. That's what they wanted. You know, they wanted these blonde haired like light eyed. You know, guys. Were you discovered? Uh, I mean, for my you know my my four commercials that I did, but I was the I was the the sort of. Uh, I mean, I don't have a spokes kid, but I did a bunch of commercials for Hitachi. Another one for Chin Chin Shake. It's this microwavable milkshake in Japan. <laughs> you know, I mean, hilarious, right? So I did, a, I, did, I did a bunch of stuff, and I made a few bucks, like, as a kid actor. And I was like, that's kind of fun. And then I rolled it over, and I did sort of every play I could, starting in fourth grade. I was the lead of this Oh, so play. you were really young when you so, did the commercials. Yeah. So those okay. commercials yeah. led to you going, actually, acting is not too shabby. No, and it was fun. My parents wouldn't take me to auditions. Uh, so I used to ride my bike when I was like four, 14. I'd ride my bike to auditions, <laughs> and then when I was 15, I got my license. You can get your license at 15 when I grew up in Hawaii. Jeez. And uh, and so then I would drive to auditions, and I thought it was fun. You know, I was like, this is kind of cool, man. You know, they get to be on set and do the thing. And then I was in every play in high school, and I thought, you can't, you can't do that for a living, right? That's stupid. Yeah, like, that's this ridiculous. is too fun. This that's is ri- too fun. This is, that's ridiculous. That's crazy. So I was a business major at Colorado State. Okay, you know, and so I just sort you of didn't. So you gave up. I gave up, and I well, I never. Really, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I was ever in to give up, yeah, but I yeah. was like, you, you eh, that just was like, fun. I mean, didn't on. everyone do plays in high school? I just no. did a lot of them. So I, I lettered in five varsity sports my senior year, and I did two plays, which is like unheard of. So after practice, I would like run over to Dillingham Hall and go to the last hour of rehearsals and right. you know sort of thing. But um, kayaking, kayaking, okay, water polo, water polo, <laughs> outrigger canoe paddling, <laughs> any indoor sports. <laughs> Swimming okay. and track and field. God damn! So b- really water heavy. You had a lot Real of energy. water heavy. Well, and the only reason I did, and I, I'll be honest, the only reason I did the track and field is because I wanted to be the first kid who ever lettered in five varsity sports. That's hilarious. His senior year. By the way, if you because no one's done it, were you? Yeah. Okay. And then I, I needed to qualify in something. In order to letter, you have to qualify in something to make state, and I qualified in the discus. Ooh. I'd never done it before, and I just kind of I just kind of learned. Were you on a horse? Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> this horse is spinning. And I made like, it by like this. two inches. I was like, "Yes, I made it." Oh, that's <laughs> so awesome! I got a letter. Yeah, you you funny. did have a lot of energy growing up, though, which is funny yeah. because when when you know he's very he's he's very tricky that way. When you when you when you meet Matt, he's so laid back <laughs> that you would think that this guy's on the verge of taking a nap. He's tricking me right <laughs> now. He's gonna. 
And then I hear this, and I'm like, no, 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 no. You mu- you were wired as a kid. That's but that's but, just did a bunch of stuff. Yeah, but the laid backness is is it like almost probably ingrained in you just yeah, from I being in Hawaii is, yeah. for so long. So no, so no original Magnum, and that was never an opportunity. No, and I and I never, I never. Well, so yeah, I never auditioned for the original Magnum. Uh, although I think I wanted. To, I don't know how much it was on my radar. I think that was like, dude, that's Hollywood TV. Like, that's that's for real. Like, Did you yeah. just go and stand? Yeah. Would would you guys just go and stand we would and watch, watch them? I'll never forget. In, in Kahala, uh, there's uh, Kahala. Uh, uh, what's the name of the element? There's an elementary school there. Uh, I forget the name of it, uh, but it's right across the street from Kahala Mall. And I'll and never forget. We were at the mall. We used to catch the bus to go to the mall and go to Wildlife Bowl and play video games. And they were shooting across the street. And I walked across the street and I saw all these kids. They were doing a baseball scene. On the little baseball diamond, and I just sat there and watched it. I was like, "Man, that's so cool! Like that is so cool." Did you, you know? ever get to meet any of them? Rick, TC, uh, never. Thomas, never. <laughs> I think Higgins, I met nobody. I think what? I met Tom. Well, Tom's. <clears throat> no, I. Th- I'm pretty sure I like was gave him the what's up at like uh, <laughs> sure. Rigger, but that's as close. You guys as confirmed. Like, God. He's a like, confirmed I was, existence. I give him the howly nod. <laughs> yeah, and he looked. I assume you're talking to my mustache, so I'm going to keep walking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, that sweet mustache! You weren't a, you weren't a little a little ten year old kid with a mustache and a and <laughs> yeah. a tiger's hat on, Hawaiian just waiting to be noticed. Who <laughs> Danang? Yeah, and so like cut to what thirty whatever years later, and they're they're remaking Magnum, and I, I wrote my agents and I was like, hey, listen, you know my you, you guys know this. My life's goal well, let's is get to in get there. on a television series that shoots in Hawaii, and more importantly, every series that shoots in Hawaii needs somebody from Hawaii on the show because it can get. Pretty small, pretty fast for people who aren't from there. And I yep. think if you have a, you have a kamaaina, meaning somebody who's from the land, or you're from Hawaii, they can be like, hey, guys, you know what? I know this killer hike. We're going to go to Kulio'o Ridge, and I'm going to take you on this hike this weekend. And then my auntie's having a, um, you know, Huhul Halau is doing something at the beach. We're going to go, you know, potluck. And, you know, you can kind of get them in the, in the ground. And so I was, I was all about, like, auditioning. I never thought. Magnum was it, right? I'm a little old. They were going to do a younger Magnum, but I was like, you know what? Rick Rick could be 40, you know? Like, Rick could be... And uh, and I just... I I mean, I pulled every string I could. Did you at least here. get in? Never even sniffed. Well, the show's canceled already. No, it's coming back for season two. Are you kidding? No. Wow. How it did is... you get from canceled to coming back for season two? <coughs> you just assume, I thought, I think. who yeah. wants to see Magnum P.I. again? I mean, why is that being made, really? Yeah, a lot I of mean, people, turns out. <laughs> That's bizarre. You know that you know that Hawaii Five O, they're they're just finishing up their ninth season. They still get, uh, they still get a they they still win the night. They're on Friday nights, Aloha okay, Fridays. Well, that's good. Yeah, and they they every once in a while win the night with eight million viewers. Eight million people tune in every week and watch. Hawaii Not just 5-0 because still. Scott Kahn's hair. Right. Do you think a part of it is the fascination with the with the location? I think so. Also. Yeah, but you know what? I I mean, I watch both those shows every week because uh, I get to go back home for yeah. an hour. But for right? you, it's di- yeah. For you, there's for me, it's different. Yeah. But I'll tell you, the locale it also has a huge foreign sale because p- people in the world want to see Hawaii, right? I mean, it's beautiful. Um, and Magnum actually started out for me not great, but uh, I don't know if they changed their writing staff or just switched it up. Or, or Peter Linkoff was like, "Okay, guys, we're gonna let's you know take a page out of the Hawaii Five O book here." Um, same producer who does both, and uh, um, and he also sense. does MacGruber. Um, uh, Mac, Mac, no, the other MacGyver. He also does MacGyver. Oh. Uh, yeah, I like, Le- I'm like MacGruber. What I love. And that I was movie. like, wait, how do I get to what it is? Anyway, uh, it, it, and Magnum's gotten a lot better. Like really, it's gotten more heart. It's gotten. It's cool, man. I, I watch it. I'm like, you know what? I want, I'll watch that show. Yeah. yeah. So you're, and it employs so many people in Hawaii. It's awesome. That was the other thing. I'm just those productions being over there. Yeah. 
<clears throat> they can't bring everyone from the states. So no, you're they, talking they like, do bring quite a few people over, but um, there there's are got to be grips and gaffers and, oh, and all local and guys. Yeah, How many yeah. stages are there? Are there are no stages. There, there's only well. So right now, there's only one on Diamond Head. It's the original Hawaii Five O Studios from back in the day, and it's made out of like wood, and they're not really soundproof. And I just I shot a movie there a couple of years ago on the stages, and um, there's also some stages on Maui, the okay. island of Maui, different island, but they don't shoot there; they shoot on Oahu. And then, from what I hear, they because this guy Peter Lenkov has this commitment to making these shows in Hawaii. I hear that uh, the film commission was going to build some more studios. Okay, uh, you know, for him. I don't know if that's true or not, but I would love it to be true. I mean, I suppose the reason why—not I suppose—we all know the reason why you're shooting in Hawaii is to show it. And yeah, to be it is to show almost it. to be ninety like percent on location. Yeah, yeah sure. you're not going to be in a soundstage for. No, you, know. you would think just for like the interior, yeah, something like that. If you yeah, wanted yeah. to have some control, some cover yeah. sets or something Make like that. Make it easy. Um, so, when you at what point did you decide you wanted to get back in the game? Uh, I'll tell you, my senior year in college, my two best friends, uh, Kevin Linehan and Darren Capozzi, were in the acting and directing program at Colorado State. Darren Capozzi? Yeah, he's a stand-up comic. Oh, yeah, I know Darren. Yeah, I thought you might know him. That's why I said his oh, name. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so he's one of my best friends in life. I met him in, oh, in, in, in a freshman year at Colorado State. And uh, so they were in the acting and directing program at school, and they were like, wait, 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 wait. Well, you used to act? I'm like, yeah. You know, in high school, I did every, every play I could, and I did a bunch of commercials and stuff. And they were like, buddy. We'll just cast you. We're, we're, we're doing, like, the, all these plays our senior year. They're, they're doing, like, a lot of these one acts from, like, famous things and performing them. And they were like, dude, we'll just cast you. And so those two guys just cast me in it. And, like, they set the hook that again, you know. And, uh, and, and so Darren's from uh, New Jersey. Kevin's from Chicago. And I'm from Hawaii, right? And we were like, all right, we're doing it. Like, guys, we have no wives, no kids, no girlfriends, no debt. Like, we're out of college. Like, we're doing this. And so I felt I, w- I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for those two guys, you know. And uh, and so Darren went to New York, uh, Kevin went to Chicago, and I went to L.A. So you guys didn't really do it, do it together. You're we're doing, doing it. it. We're doing it. And yeah. break, and then yeah. you guys and went different separate. directions. Okay, uh, but uh, a few years later, and regroup in L.A. Yeah, I was okay. gonna say because Darren moved out here. Yeah, pretty why soon. the choices? And then he moved on my street. Oh, so we lived on the same street which on is purpose. Awesome. Or was on, that... on purpose. Okay, okay. So I think like, I wanted okay. to be in that neighborhood, West Hollywood neighborhood. And was oh, it nice. because the guy from New Jersey was like New York made sense? It was. It was. A, and then the yeah, guy he from, was like yeah, kind of yeah. close. So you guys all kind of went. Yeah, yeah, but not for long. You know, I mean, I think everyone soon realized like this is you know twenty years ago. Like if you want to make a living, you got to be in L.A. Now it's like you want to make a living, you can be in Atlanta. You can be. You know, yeah, you know anybody here? Atlanta, New York, Chicago. I, I knew. LA. I knew one person. And, and it was my call? my dad's best friend. I call him my uncle. Uh, it was his girlfriend at the time. And she was like, I'm an actress. I'm going to hook you up. I'm on Melrose Place. I'm going to hook you up. Turns out she's a non-union background actor. Okay. I was going to so ask, is she Heather Locklear or is she... meant like, I'm going to show you where to go for the non-union extra work. And then you can you can pay you can get you a know, bag your of money chips. there. Hopefully yeah, pay your dude. rent with that. And I was, I mean, so crestfallen. I was that's like, that's like $50 a day. Like $40, $40 a day. <laughs> and I'll, I'll never forget, I went this in. This is about 2000 you said? I, this is, no, this is 97. 97, okay. 96, 97. And I went, and I, um, 96, actually. And I, and I took my pictures in there, and they were like, okay, great, thanks. <laughs> and I never forget, I'm just like. That's it? That's it? <laughs> oh, my God. Turn around. I'm walking out, and this girl, her name is Jennifer, I forget her last name, 
she's one of the casting directors at Senex Casting is what it was back then. It was the non-union central casting. Okay. And she goes, excuse me, excuse me. And I turn around, and, and I go, yeah. And she goes, um, hey, how, how old are you? Or so, how tall are you? Something, some question, and I, you know, and I fit the bill. And, uh, and she was like, hey, are, can you work tomorrow? And I go, huh, yeah, yeah. And you had pretty much just gotten out of town kind of thing? Just, just gotten, literally, just got town the week before. Okay. You know, I had an apartment with my buddies from Hawaii who were going to UCLA. And, uh, and then, I mean, I'm, I'm just about to walk out, walk down the stairs and be like, I'm never, like, this yeah. is not happening. Yeah. And she goes, can you work tomorrow? I was like, I can. And she goes, great. Uh, uh, you have to call, you, you had pagers back then, you know? And so she goes, here's the number, right. call, oh call, um, and then we'll give you the information. I call, I go, Matt Corboy. And she goes, hold on. She goes, okay, uh, you're on the corner of like Moore Park and whatever. There's a church over there, you know? And I think it was Seventh Heaven or Melrose ah, Place ah, ah. or maybe Melrose Place. And, and I just, <sighs> I, I played a wedding guest, you know? And I thought it was the coolest thing. I mean, I was a non-union extra, you know, and I just thought it was the coolest thing at first, and then soon realized, like, oh, this is nothing. This, I do not want to do this for very long. Right, but but that got you onto a set in Hollywood, yep. kind of seeing and the got game. me in with Jennifer, and then I would you had to call in every day. So See, you it's would, so like, different, by the duty. way. We forget, oh, right? Dude. We forget with all this, the I computers know. and the by smartphones. Way, no smartphones. You had to use a payphone. Drive around with quarters in your car because exactly. you got a page. So did over. you have a cool pager with that lit up, or did you have a regular one? Uh, a regular pager. one. I couldn't afford a cool one. Uh, damn it. But, dude, so you would call and be like, hi, and you'd give your social security number because that's how they'd pull you up. They'd Interesting. Go, they go, social. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, th- I, haven't, I haven't said this story in 20 years. I'm, this is literally coming back to me. Social. Matt Corway. Um, no, have nothing. Call back. Click. <laughs> That's it. That's how it worked. And oh then you wait God. an hour, and then or you'd hear people like, "Dude, I just got on." Uh, hurry up, call. Hurry up, call, call, call. And then you, and then if you were on a set, you would go to like the production office, and there'd be like ten extras, like all standing in line for the phone. Uh, you know, and then you would, you would each one would call oh, the piggy move so up, annoying. and then you call uh, social. <laughs> Matt Corboy, yes. All right, we got a job for you tomorrow. Yes, <laughs> I, I feel like it's just a line of people. If you get off the phone, if you didn't, get, you just get back in line. <laughs> exactly. And, and sometimes they'd be like, hey, "Listen, we, we need twenty five to thirty five year old, um, af- you know, people." Who, or they'd be like, "Do you have a tuxedo? Or do you have a suit?" Yeah, part of it was part of it was like if you had a suit, you could be a wedding guest, right? So, dude, they go, "Do you have a suit?" And I was like, "Yes." And she goes, "Okay, um, it's a movie." Are you available for a little while? And I was like, yes. She goes, okay. You're going to show up in Valencia. I was driving my motorcycle at the time. I would lay the suit over the motorcycle back seat. And I drove out to Valencia, and it was Romy and Michelle's high school reunion. Wow. <laughs> and I got to set, and I was just like, hey, they're like, hey, we really want to use the same people for the high school sets as the reunion sets. Uh-huh. They're like, so... Could you do this job for a month? Now, is that how you got in the union? Yes. So I go, yeah. I don't have to call in every day. Yeah, I'll do this job as this long is, as you, you know, need this me. This is five months of calling in every day and praying for a job for $40 before taxes for an eight-hour day. Yeah. You know? Riding your motorcycle out there. I mean, just being treated like cattle, not allowed to eat what the other actors are eating. No, yeah, they you eat over own. here. Yeah, you eat over the, here, you, you here's your bag of chips <laughs> and your water. <laughs> exactly. So, dude, I, I, I'm there I'm there for like, I mean, honestly, like six weeks. 
Cameron Manheim's on the movie. She's like, who wants, this is a tangent story, but she goes, who wants to, who wants to like take some acting classes? Cameron Manheim from the practice. Remember her? I mean, yeah. dude, I was like, I do. I'm so bored. Like, you're so bored. We're sitting there, so bored. And she's like, yeah. So there was like, I'll take math six, classes at this point. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Six people were like, yeah. And so she would, she would just, she's like, hey, so for emotional scenes, like, here's what I like to, I like to get my body in there. And she would like teach. Just no money. She's just giving no you money. Insight just and because like, we're all there. And she's a actress she's a on very the movie. She's actress even And at she that goes point. to the non union extra tent and says, who wants to, dude. I'll never forget. That says it, man. a lot about. I her. saw her recently. I told her that story. I was like, "Dude, you, like, you, you don't know it, but like when that happened, I was like, that's who I want to aspire to be when I make it.' Yeah, I want to be Cameron Manheim, cool, you know? Yeah. And so, I was sitting there in the tent one day, and all of a sudden I hear uh, the, the the this this uh, the AD comes up. She goes, "How tall are you?" I go, "Um." Six what's two? You're, yeah, you're what, like, what's what does the, she want to hear? What does yeah, she want to hear? Like, what does she want to hear? Six. How do, do I want to be taller or shorter? Six. And she goes, mm, taller. And I go, I'm six two. She goes, mm, uh, six three. Are you six three? And I go, yeah. yeah. She goes, all right, we put like a quarter apple box. It runs away. And I'm like, what's that all about? Right? I have no idea what it's all about. Yeah. All of a sudden, we need Matt Corboy to set. Can we please get Matt Corboy to set? Somebody's yelling in the tent. And I was right. like, well, that's me. Bullhorn. Yeah, like yeah, exactly. <laughs> like a bullhorn and I go, yeah. And I and I walk up and I stand there. They're like, Have you ever done stand-in work? And I go, Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know yeah. how to do that. Totally. Yeah, stand I, in. I got it. Right. And they go, All right, Matt Corboy. Uh this is Will Farrell. Will Farrell, this <laughs> is Matt Corboy. He's gonna be your stand-in. Now for the listeners, the millions of listeners at home, they're like, wait, Will Farrell's not in Romeo Michelle's high school reunion. He got completely cut out of the movie. He's not. You don't even wow. see him in the movie. He was on SNL at the time. We all knew who he was. He was hilarious on he SNL. He was hilarious, I mean. and I'm now his stand-in, right? And I'm just like, "Hey, man!" And he goes, "Hey, I, I don't, I don't need a stand-in. I, I know like, I'm I, good. I, we don't have stand-ins on SNL. Like I'm good." And the AD's like, "Oh, okay. Well," and I go, "Hold on a second uh, to the AD," and I go, "Hey, uh, Will, can I talk to you for a second? <laughs> and he was like, "Yeah," and I pulled him aside. And I, go, I, <laughs> I go, need to stand. And in I go, gig. "Hey, man, dude, I can't be a non-union extra anymore. Like, I've hit my limit of of calling in and being treated, you know, like a second-class citizen." I'm like, "So not only if I'm your stand-in, not only do I get paid triple what I it was 120 a day for standing, oh, 40 shit, yeah. for not, but it's a union gig." I go, if I can do this for three days, dude, I get three union vouchers, and I can join the union, and I never have to be an extra ever again. And he gets quiet, and he goes, oh, okay. And at the top of his lungs, <laughs> on set, he goes, can I get my stand in, please? <laughs> dude. It was oh the greatest, <laughs> and I just and, and all of a sudden four people are like, Matt, 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 <laughs> Matt, Matt, and I go, and then he takes one step over, you know, and he goes, "Where are you from?" <laughs> like he stays there, she stays on set with you, stays on set with me. Exactly. He's like, "I don't need to be anywhere. I don't got my makeup, and my costume on, you know." Oh my and, god! Uh, and so like, all right, first team, you know, and he looks at me, he's like, "So what do I do? Do I do? I, do, I, do I did anything change, or do I still just stand there? Like <laughs> <laughs> you just stand there." So I did that for three days, and I got my three union vouchers, and he that was it. He was three days on the movie, and I and I never did another day of extra work ever again. That's that, great. You yeah. know what? That's that's awesome. I 
because uh, the I can see where he's coming from though, and I'm sure you can too. Like totally, I've done you know minimal work, but when I have gotten on like a network thing, they're like, "Oh, this is your stand-in." And I'm always like, "Do I deserve a stand-in?" I don't need <laughs> this. I mean, if if he wants to do like now, I exactly. see it. You're yeah. like, "Oh, this is a job. This yeah. is good. This yeah. is good work." Like, great. But at first, I'm like, "Dude, I'm." uncomfortable i yeah. can just you can just light me i don't need a <laughs> totally i felt like that was, was totally feral's like inner monologue like, no yeah. oh no I don't, I'm, it's, like, it feels like you're asking more of the production i'm like i'm just happy to be here i'll do whatever you guys want it, but then you think like but that guy doesn't want to go back to sitting with the crowd of people reading no. the book if he's my height and he's my skin color and he's put him in there fuck it what do and i it was care? really cool because then i got to be there and i and i got to i mean i got to watch mira sorvino like i got to kind of see her process there she breaks down and cries at one point and just how she prepared for it and like nobody got to see that the extras didn't because no. they were all sequestered away yeah, and i got right to there. see that you know i'll, I'll tell you what, kind of the coolest wrap up to that story is you know 15 years later do you remember will ferrell and Kristen wig did that um that hallmark movie or the oh, yeah, lifetime yeah, yeah. movie of the week yes adopting terror just did or, that like uh, two years ago right yeah that was a few yeah. years ago right well i auditioned for the movie and i i booked a part now it's so secretive i have no idea what, what i'm what i'm auditioning for michael testa was casting and he's like uh, i'm not gonna tell you anything about it just do the scene and you know uh we'll see what happens i get the call like you booked the gig What's it called? Well, don't worry about it. You know <laughs> who's in it. Eh, don't worry can't about tell it. You, you know, right. yeah, I can't tell you that. Sign all these NDAs, right? I get to set, and they're like, Matt, you're playing Phil or whatever. You're the best friend of the lead of of the movie, and uh, it's being played by Will Ferrell. You're like, get the fuck out of here. I walk up and I go, hey, hey. He goes, Phil, uh, f- this is Phil, Matt Corway, and this is, you know, Will Farrell playing whatever it was. And uh, and I go, hey, man, r- really nice to, to meet you. And he goes, no, man, we know each other. I know you from somewhere. We've worked together. Boom. He says to me, yeah, and I go. You're playing it off. You weren't even going to bring it. I up. I was not even going to bring like, it up, dude. I was I'm like, an actor. I'm not I a go, stand Nice in. to meet you, Mr. Farrell. Like I was yeah. like, no way am I going to bring like. First of all, like you know, it's kind of another lifetime ago, and you're like, I don't really want to say I was an extra because yeah. now I'm acting on a movie with him, right? Yeah. And uh, he goes, he goes, I'm so sorry, I can't place where it is, but I know that we've worked together. <laughs> and I go, holy shit, we have worked together. And he goes, on what? And I told him the story of Romeo and Michelle's high school reunion. It told him the whole story about how he yelled for the get his stand in. And he goes, man, I'm so, he goes, I would never have remembered that. And I go, man, this is really cool for me because 15 years ago, I was a non-union extra. I got to be your stand in. And now I'm playing your best friend in a movie. And That's he looks awesome. at me, he goes, congratulations, Ben. And I was like, <laughs> that, he goes, but he met, he's like, congratulations, yeah. dude, you, dude, you, dude, you, you did you, it. You, you did the thing, you know? And it stemmed from you kind of not backing down on them going, because they would have just gone, okay, back to the Never holding. mind, back and to holding. Like, Ooh, can I, uh, let's just chat I, about this, because that's also kind of yeah. ballsy. Because yeah. he would go, I don't want to fucking talk to you, dude. Go back to where they told you to go back to. Like, he could have been a complete, he, yep. you know, and I don't want to even say asshole. He could have just been a guy who's ready to work, who's there, like, I'm yeah. doing my job. I don't know what your job is, but yeah, I don't yeah, need yeah. you to help me do it. I don't need you yeah, to do my job. So, yeah, so that, I, that is... And it sounds like he... But because he's... Fa- like, fame uh, also did not... Um, no, and and uh, I've seen him a few times since, and he's still super... Not, I always say, like, I haven't worked with, you know, everyone, right? But uh, everyone needs to work with Mark Harmon. 
Ooh. He's the greatest. Summer school, baby. Oh, dude. He's Ted the Bundy. best. Uh, George Clooney. He is I've heard nothing but good things. Awesome. Clooney, Everything yeah. you hear, double it, dude. Yeah. I mean, I got to work, I worked them I, an inch away from him for three weeks on a movie in Hawaii. And it, it, Double everything you hear. Like, he is as cool as they come, you know? And then I, I, I bring up the story of Will Ferrell being super cool and then Cameron Manheim, you know? Yeah. And uh, they still, I mean, to this, I, I just got to work with Mark Harmon not too long ago on NCIS. And nice. uh, he's the first one on set, last one to leave, knows everyone's name, knows your name, knows everyone's name, who's a guest star. Yeah. Says, thank you for being on our show, for making our show better with your talent. You know, you're like, Wait, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. How do you know my name? You know, his assistant gives him everyone's IMDb profile, and he'll look through the. You know, he goes, "Oh, this guy's playing this ensign, whatever, and this guy's playing lieutenant." This. Okay, cool. And he walks up. He goes, "Matt Corboy." Clooney did the same thing. Clooney picked me out of a crowd and goes, "Cousin!" Like points right <laughs> at me because we're playing cousins in the movie, Dude. and I was like, oh, "Oh my god!" Like how? What? Yeah, that, and that was uh, that was the Academy Award winning, yeah, movie, right? The Descendants. You, yeah. Oh, oh, sweet. Yeah, that was Matt Fax and um, yes, and Jim yeah. Rash. They yeah. both wrote it. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah, yeah. And that, that was is. a pretty sweet gig for you, also, because that oh, was why, right? So that was how did that, that all come up? We're gonna jump around because obviously you brought yeah. it up. So let's just talk about that. That you you always talk about how you want to work in Hawaii. Oh, so man. obviously. That's a dream job on so many different yeah. levels, but how did that all This come was about? actually, I had a little inside information on this one. Um, okay. A good friend of mine is best friends with Jim Burke. Jim Burke is the producer of The Descendants. He's also okay. the producer of Green Book. Okay. Yeah. So he's the producer of The Descendants. He gets a call from a publisher in New York that says, I just got a manuscript, a, 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 a book, basically, in manuscript form, uh, sent to me. It is called The Descendants, and it is amazing. It's not. We're, I think we're going to publish it. It's from a, a young woman who lives in Hawaii named Cowie Hart Hemmings. Sent that to Jim Burke. Jim Burke read it. Said this is the greatest thing I've read in a long time. He passed it along to a guy named Stephen Barton. Stephen Barton read it. Stephen Barton's my friend. Stephen calls me up and says, "Hey, dude, yeah, I got can you do you want to read this thing?" He goes, "My friend Jim Burke just sent it to me, and I." Th- he wants to make into a movie. So you're this early on. Early on, dude. It's not even published at this point, right? The book. So I read it. I think it's the it's 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 people, it's my family, it's people I knew growing up. It's I know Cowie. I mean, I know I she was younger than I was, but I was friends with her sister and her brother, and her dad's famous in Hawaii. That's crazy. Yeah, and and like I was just like, dude, I know all these people, I know all the players in the game. Like, this is amazing. So <clears throat> um then I become friendly with Jim Burke. And we all are socially friends. And I, 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 I went up to him and I was like, hey, Jim, I hope you don't mind, man. Stephen passed along the, the, the book, The Descendants, dude. I, I read it. It's the greatest thing I've ever read. You know? And he goes, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to make it into a movie someday. And Jim Burke's the nicest guy on the planet. And I go, um, hey, man, if you ever make that into a movie, I'm just asking for an audition. I would love to have an audition for that movie, if you ever make that movie. And he goes, Matt Corboy, if I ever make that movie, I will bring you in for an audition. Four years later, I got an email from Jim Burke. Well, we're making the movie. Alexander Payne's directing it. Would you like to come in and audition for it? Holy smokes. I go in, read for it. Not the part that I got. Different part, the one that um, uh, Rob Hubel uh, okay. booked. It's uh, Kai and Mark Mitchell is the characters' names, um, and that's the part that I wanted, you know. And uh, and then I auditioned for it, and then um, and then I got called back 
for the for the for cousin Ralph. I read for that, and then I got called back again to, to meet with Alexander Payne. Wow. And my 15-minute meeting with Alexander Payne turned into an hour and 20 minutes bullshitting about Hawaii. And uh, and then I was like, dude, I, I got this. Like, I think I got this. It was great. It couldn't have gone better, right? Yeah. And then four months go by. Four months? And I don't Nothing? hear a word. Whoa. Nothing. I was like, I was so in the dumps. I was like, man, if I can't even book a part that, like, I me. It was, sounds like it was written it's for me. me. It's not yeah. written for me. I know who, it's kind of based on a few people, but... Um, you know, I, I was like, man, I got, I got to quit. I got to quit. I can't, if I can't get that, you know, and uh, and then I'm at Starbucks on Melrose one day, and my agent calls me up. He goes, "Hey, corporate, what are you doing for the next three weeks?" <laughs> and I was like, "I don't know." What? He goes, "Oh, that's right. You're going to Hawaii to shoot the new Alexander Payne movie with George Clooney." And I was like. What? I got ran down Melrose, you know, <laughs> like running like Charlie running home. Really, I, 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 I had like, so much yeah. energy. I, I literally ran down Melrose, like just so stoked, and uh, it was great. Uh, cut to the last day of shooting. Uh, my cousins live on Kauai. Um, I asked my cousin Keola if we can all go on his boat and and just at sunset bring a cooler of beers and stuff, and and with Jim Burke and Alexander Payne and Shailene Woodley and a, and all a, a lot of the uh, the, the assistance of those guys and everything. Um, could we just go and, and watch the sunset from the middle of Hanalei Bay and have some beers? And, and he's like, let's do it. So we did it. And Alexander Payne pulls me aside and he goes, Matt Corboy, I need to talk to you for a second. <laughs> he calls me by my first and last name. And I go, yeah? And he goes, I need you to know, I think you're really good in my movie. I was like, thanks, AP. <laughs> Appreciate it. You know, this is fucking Alexander Payne saying that you're good in yeah. my movie. You know, and I was like, oh my god. And, and, and then he goes, not, and not I also, yeah, it's like he's just going off what he's seen in the daily. Yeah, like, like this is just. Uh, and I need to apologize to you for taking so long to cast you. And I go, no, no, you don't. No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> We're here no, now, no, man. Baby. That's all that matters. All good, bro. And he goes, <laughs> he goes, no. In order to know that I had the best actor for the part, I had to audition all of them. Wow. And I talked to, and Shailene goes, how long did you wait before you booked this thing? And I go, four months? And she goes, me too. She waited three and a half months from audition to getting the part. Wow. Yeah, Alexander's just like that. He's like, I need to know I have the best actress for the part. And, and by the way, he doesn't know who you are. Like, he doesn't watch movies past, that, past 1970, right? Right. So he doesn't know who Steve Carell is if Steve Carell comes in. You know what I mean? He doesn't know who he He needs you are, to know really. that you can take the material yeah. and make it something that he sees. Exactly, yeah. and and uh, and so anyway, um, but that's you. That's a long convoluted story. No, so that's, it's not. That's, that's great amazing, story. though. So that's how that happened. You know, that's usually not how they happen. Like, I mean, I wish I knew somebody who had something to do with the Magnum script because I, I would have loved to audition for that show. I never got to. Right. I've actually never auditioned for it, even guest star on it. I, I would. Well, would but you were in an Academy Award winning movie. Yeah, on, which on, I thought on your would put me on the map in Hollywood, but still, anonymous, uh, anonymous guy in Hollywood over here. Uh, and I remember you telling me, uh, John. Obviously, I've heard the story, but you you just said that you know Clooney's just your average dude that just wants and he and he is the he's prankster goofy, that everybody talks about, right? Oh, that's not prank, some Hollywood pranks bullshit. Pranks on me, dude. On set, I, I like when it was, as it was happening, I was like. Oh my God! It's happening to me. Prank by Clooney. <laughs> is he one of those guys though that genuinely is like, shit? I, I, this is great. I, I couldn't imagine having a better life than I've been granted. Like, is that is that part of his attitude of like, yeah? And and he and he takes it seriously. Like he he every day would pull the kids aside. Like we were in the jeep. We had a lot of days just sitting in the jeep. It was me, George, and then um, the three kids, right? And he would turn around and be like, hey guys, you have a responsibility. 
you have a responsibility on this planet because you're going to be famous someday and you're going to have lots of money and fame and things. And the thing you that the first and foremost you have to do is give back to this earth. You have to find ways, find, you know, think. And I was just like, dude, you're so cool. Like, not <laughs> only are you hilarious and goofy and just like yeah. a dude, like, I don't know why he had a trailer. He never went in it. <laughs> That's beautiful, though. He was in the makeup trailer with all of us, like, just hanging out all day. Why not, though, right? Like, yeah. I mean, I mean, so rad, you know? And But it was cool. Like, he imparted this sort of Hollywood wisdom on these kids, you know? And I was like, dude, that's so cool. You know, like, that's rad. And then you see Shailene, dude. She She's an activist. Like, she does. And I don't know if that really, she's just that kind of person. Like, she's awesome. But I don't know if that little Clooney, you know, push to, like, be like, hey, you help, help, the, help the less fortunate, you know? Help those I mean, who can help themselves. That's a fine example, though. When you see a guy like Clooney <clears throat> who is not only good looking and essentially from a distance has it all. Yeah. And a great kisser. And a, <laughs> a great kisser. But like didn't make also, the cut, but also gives enough of a shit to yeah. not only himself give back, yeah. but to kind of encourage the youth when and Dude. that when you're most impressionable it's unreal, man. you're on set like yeah. your impressions are like you know, e- even when you work in production, if your boss is a yeller, you think yelling is how she is gets how it done. Be done. And so I always say it, trickle, it trickles down from the top. You know, yeah, my first experience exactly. in Hollywood was I was on a show called The Shield. Oh and man, I, I did 19 episodes of that. I got that because I did a That's play at the Tamarind Theater in Hollywood, which is now, well, it was the UCB Theater, but now it's on, on Franklin, right? I did a pl- I did a one act play of uh, Ken and Barbie, the morning after Ken's birthday, and his wish is to become real. It's an original, so he wakes up and his fingers spread and he's got junk down there. And <laughs> it's this thing about what's real and what's not. It's a really cool play that a friend of mine wrote. And, um, and I did it. And the director's buddy was Sean Ryan, who created The Shield. And he came in and he's like, dude, I think you're a really good actor. I'm like, great. And he goes, dude, I'm casting a pilot for a TV series. You should come and audition for it. I was like, yeah, okay. Went and auditioned for, for Shane Vendrell, the character of Shane Vendrell, which went to Walton, Walton Goggins, Goggins yeah. who, in my opinion, is the most prolific actor of Dude, what today. he did on The Shield and Sons of Anarchy Dude. are two, some of the best acting I, The finest acting yeah. ever. He's, Agreed. I'm telling you, like, I tell everybody, I'm like, you know who's going to you know who's gonna be the Meryl Streep of dudes later on? It's going to be Walton, Walton Goggins. Goggins, because yeah. he, it's, he's prolific. Anyway. I got a call from Sean's office one day, and they were like, yeah. So Sean's like, hey, uh, Matt, it didn't work out for uh, Shane Verdell. You just weren't quite right for the part. I was like, yeah, yeah, Sean Ryan, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, call me goes, to, you called me personally to reject me? <laughs> yeah, and he goes, but I'd like to offer you uh, uh, another part in the show. It's, yeah, it's just one line. It's cop number one. One line. From a series regular audition to one line. I was like, oh, man. in my mind, I'm like, man. But of course, I hadn't done anything at this point, really. And... Uh, and I go, you know, Sean, I'll never forget what I said. I go, my agents aren't going to want me to do just one line. But because it's you, I'm in. And he was like, great. I'll call your agents. We'll set it all up. Great. Happens. Go on the set. My one line. Detective. I got a guy who saw a flyer. He said he sold drugs to the victim earlier tonight. And that's it. One line. And I never screwed it up. <laughs> I said it perfectly every time. And it's like a, a dance over there. They have a lot of steady cam and you got it's like a dance. You gotta know when yeah, to go. They're always moving. And I did it and I was just like patting myself on the back. I'm like, I never screwed up. I was never that guy, you know. And then a month later, my agents called me. They're like, Hey, is there, is, there, is there something with the shield that you need to tell us? And I go, Huh? No, I had a great time. It was awesome. Yeah, I Cop love it. Number one, bro. You know, I had a great time. And they were like, well, we're going to fax you over the breakdown for the shield today. 
and it was Vic Mackey, um, uh, uh, Michael Chiklis, uh, Shane Vendrell, Walton Goggins, blah, 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 the whole cast, Officer Ray Carlson, Matt Corboy. They gave you a On name. the cast sheet. And I was like, bam. Wait, what? So, yeah, they wrote a recurring character. They were like, who, you know, who, who was a cop already who could be another... A, a a cop right who keeps coming and, back and yeah. I and it just it just it was like one episode then another then another and then the table read for the next one and then the next one and then I did nineteen episodes Jesus you know let me ask you a they question. put out well I'm sorry really quick yeah. they, they were a twenty two episode the, no they were thirteen thirteen okay. they were thirteen okay so nineteen that's like two seasons almost yeah it's but on. it wasn't every so it'd be like you know you do one off a couple do two do three or four in a row off a few but whenever I they do, were in the yeah. in the barn and you need and they needed cops yeah even outside there. man they wrote a whole storyline like uh that this is a uh, I, mean, I was telling you but there's a whole storyline where I was a gay bashing racist cop turns out at the end and there was the the Michael Jace who was the uh, one of the, the character he was a black guy he yeah. was on the show um, uh, I he was his character was gay, yeah. and I would gay bash my character would gay bash his character, and he hated it. And then one of the scenes is his character confronts my character at my apartment, you know, and breaks my arm behind my back because he knows that I put up these signs in the thing. Yeah, you know? yeah, and it was yeah. They, I, they like wrote for me. Like I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. That's you know? like, awesome. Yeah, it was. That great. is awesome. The Shield was, dude. If the Shield was on today, man, it would be it would be the. the Breaking Bad of today. Yeah, it was, it was. It was just the really, early days. It was of a little FX, ahead of its so, time. Yeah. Yeah. It was ahead of its time. I I I stopped watching after the first episode with Forrest Whitaker. Ah, yes. I couldn't take his character. Got it for a whole yeah, season. Yeah, yeah. I hear and, and I was out, yep. and that was it. I never went back. But my but brother was like, then, wasn't that amazing? My like, brother watched every. He was like, you watched the whole Shane and Lemonhead thing. There was that. Would you get through that? Uh, I'm a spoiler alert by anything. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, if you haven't seen The Shield, go check it out. But Dude, I mean, if... just watch the pilot. I tell people it's on Hulu now. Oh, it's got it? a bunch of residual checks. Yeah, I Dude, think it's really nice. $12 residual, or, you know, <laughs> if that it beat six my cent residual. Point zero six punked residual checks that I get every yeah. 20 months. That's awesome. But, you... uh, oh, but anyway, I tell people just watch the pilot. In my mind, it's the, uh, besides the Breaking Bad pilot, I think they're on par with each other. It's the greatest television pilot ever made. It's a really good pilot. Yep. That NYPD Blue, Breaking Bad. Yeah. Um, I want to say maybe ER, just because it got me probably. Hooked. Yeah. Um, and yeah, but th- that's Ozark had a good pilot. Ozark had a great. That I mean, had a great. Talking one. like TV now, Ozark. Yeah. Um, and then there's a there's a couple other like High Maintenance had a really good pilot. I haven't seen it. Yeah. Uh, pilots are. It's very difficult. Very to, difficult. difficult to like, do. Do you start at the beginning, or are you starting yep. in the middle, and yep. then it's flashbacks? Is it? How do you introduce the characters? It, yeah. A lot of times, pilots are the throwaway episode of a whole show. Like yeah. the Seinfeld pilot is shit. The Friends pilot is basically shit. Like these aren't pilots you're going to watch over and over again because no. you barely under the characters barely understood who they were. Exactly. Yeah. So they need time to develop, and you need For time sure. to like them. So it's like. Four, you gotta I've, watch something four or five episodes. In. Yeah, I feel like the shield was like out of that Immediately. gate. Everyone knew exactly. That's Sean's writing, though. I mean, oh, this is what goes back. It trickles down from the top. Yeah, not an asshole in the bunch. That's on crazy. the shield. That's I mean, crazy. To the last PA from the top executive, even from John Langraff, he's the head of FI. He like he said that he was like, "You guys do what you do." Sean, I mean, if you were a prick, you were gone. That's great. And Sean just it was the it was like a family, dude. But that's how it is. Like. 
it just it trickles down from the top. The, the Descendants was the great, probably the greatest job I've ever had, you know. But it trickled down from the top. Jim Burke and Alexander Payne and, and Jim Parra, this other producer, and it just kind of trickles down through the, you know, they're all hiring people that they love and are lovely, and you know, got to spend a lot of time with those people. Yeah, you got yeah, to right? a lot that's the thing. of time Making with those people. Movies and TV is not easy. It's tedious. It's it's it takes a long time. So why surround yourself with people that suck? If you're gonna have to see him every day for 16 hours, 100%. that's what I was gonna ask you about the way you the way you conduct yourself and the way you go about this business. Um, have you found that being who you are, making sure that you're conversational, you're not in your fa- you're not in anybody's face, you're yeah. happy to help out, like you understand, like there's more to yeah. I'll give you the yeah. lines. I will I will I will do exactly what you ask. Yeah, but also. You're gonna like having me around. Like, have you found that that's a big part of your for sure your success of the way you approach things? Did you learn that early on, no, or was it just always who you I were? I think it's just who I am. Okay, honestly. Um, but I'll tell you, it it's easy to get in, especially on like bigger productions. It's easy to get into like, well, that's my chair, and that's I get to sit there, and people yeah. have people to get. It's easy to get kind of lost in that, you know. <clears throat> and um, but it's, so I see why it happens to people. Um, I also say that ho- success in Hollywood doesn't change you. It, it just magnifies who, yeah. who you were. Well, you yeah. Know, yeah. If you were a dick in Iowa, you're going to yeah, be you're a gonna bigger be a, dick you're gonna be a massive here. dick. But yeah. if you're not a dick, you don't have to come out here and be an asshole. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I and so that's just kind of who I am. Like I'm a social dude. You know, like I, I'd rather sit and, and BS with people than like sit in my trailer. Not all actors are social though. No, they're not. Some and, of them yeah. have a hard time with it, which is why they act for sure. And a lot of times, I think, you know, we've judged them harshly. Mm-hmm. Because of that, and it, I think sometimes that's kind of unfair. It's like they just, yeah. not everybody can be a, this amazing social creature, yeah. right? Yeah. Like some people, the reason why they got into that is because it was the only way they could truly express themselves, and they yeah. struggle. It's different from how it used to be. Like I feel like Dean Martin, Sammy Davis Jr., those guys were performers. I mean, they could sing the shit out of anything. They could act the crap out of something. They could MC. Uh, 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 you know, uh, a roast of somebody they've never met. Yeah. They could host any show. They could, you know what I mean? Like they did it all. Yeah. And I, I kind of like, I feel like that's. I'm more on that end, although I can't sing. Uh, I'm more on that end because I, I used to host a lot of stuff back in the day when I couldn't get any acting work. I got a hosting work, you know. Um, but that's just you know, more just being yourself, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. But uh, but still, some people have a problem with that. They oh, mo- yeah. They I would say most actors, it. if you say, "Hey, could you host the show?" They'd be like, "No, not a chance." Not, uh, in character yeah, of some yeah, kind, you know. Like, but I can't be me. It's yeah. like, yeah. Phil Hartman had a great sketch about that on SNL, where he's like, "I don't even know who the real Phil Hartman is," and he couldn't <laughs> find his real voice. He's like, "I think I'm a laid back surfer from California." It was like it was a very good it's sketch because the guy's always a character and always somebody yeah. else and always sort of. Doing a put on, so you're like, yeah. okay. How did you get into the voice stuff? Because uh, that's a that's a whole nother world that that's yeah. Not a lot of people are encouraging another, people to get into that world. This is right? another crazy story. So I'll tell you, it's how a I, close, right? Am I, am I I'm correct? Like it's not it's a close. Yeah, no. There's not many people that make living at, yeah. at, at voiceover, and stuff. they like it that way because there's good yeah. money. Well, in it, there's, right? yeah, there's all kinds of different aspects to voiceover, <laughs> but I'll touch on the one that how I got started. So I. Uh, was performing improv comedy at I.O. West out here, and one of the girls who was on our group, our troupe, um, she was a voiceover casting director's assistant. And one day she called me up, and she goes, hey, Matt, I think you're perfect for this um, this commercial that we're casting. I go, yeah? And she goes, it's the new voice of Jimmy Dean, Sausage Sandwiches. I go, yeah? And she goes, but 
my boss doesn't know who you are, and she's not going to bring you in. I go, okay. She goes, but she's leaving at 5 o'clock. So could you come to the office at like 5.15, and I'm just going to record you, and then we're going to send it in. And I was like, awesome. (laughs) (laughs) And I went in there, and I was like, she goes, don't want a voiceover actor. Like, everyone's coming in here like, Jimmy Dean sausage sandwiches. Like, whatever. And so I go, Jimmy Dean sausage sandwiches. Sausage, egg, and cheese on a home, or whatever. Yeah, sausage, egg, and cheese on a home-style biscuit. What gets you going? Jimmy Dean's, and I just did this, like, like God regular damn dude. It. Yeah. Booked it. Four national TV spots. The new voice of Jimmy Dean sausage sandwiches. That's so your first time doing this. That's stuff. my first time. I don't even have a voiceover agent. I do have a commercial. Same union, though, right? It's all the same union? Or yeah, no? yeah, it's like after. Yeah, 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 yeah. I do have a, a commercial agent, and I just shot a commercial, like Time Warner Cable or something, and after I did the commercial, the director's like, you have a great voice. I was like, oh, thanks, man. It was the dad, you know, in the commercial. I don't even think I said anything in the commercial, really. <laughs> I, I don't think I did. I think I get out of the car, kick the soccer ball. It's one of those kind of dumb things. You, you know? got a great voice. I didn't say anything, but that's yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you know, in the yeah, commercial. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, uh, and then I got a call. And they were like, hey, the director wants to hire you for 17 radio commercials for Time Warner Cable. What? And you didn't even, so you didn't even have to try. He no, just that le- was, it was the, it, no, I just got offered it. And so I did that. I think if my timeline's correct, I, I had done that. So I was like, well, I know what it's like-ish, right, to do a voiceover. But I'll, I'll tell you this funny story. So, th- so then, and then I, and then I auditioned. I was like, oh, I can audition for Jimmy Dean. I know how to do it. I've been, I've been here with a microphone before, once, you know, <laughs> but that's margarita mix down before, at San- So yeah, I mean, that I works. Mean, yeah, hundred percent. <laughs> and uh, and then I and I got it and I and I went to LA Studios LA yeah LA, yeah less LA Recording Studios and I walked in and it's the giant room and I'm by myself and they're in your earphones right and he goes all right Matt uh, so we're just gonna do uh, just give me um, um, uh, no matter what you do you want fuel to do it Jimmy Dean sausage sandwiches with sausage egg and cheese on a homestyle biscuit what gets you going is the thing that's the whole spot right. and I go okay yeah and he goes so just um, you know just Give it to me, ABC. And I'll never forget. I go, yep, got it, no problem. And I turned my script over, and I wrote A, B, C, question mark. And I (laughs) held it up to the engineer through the booth. And I go, I have no idea what that is. And so the guy goes, all right, Matt, so we're just going to get ABC, so just uh, three in a row. And I was like, Thank oh, you. So he that was so smart. Instead of going, I have no fucking idea I what ABC means. No. Or, or you, you got to act like you've been there before, yeah. right? Yeah. And so I or I, know who to ask without who's not. Yeah, gonna without know like, and I don't want to turn the mic off or anything. So I wrote, I fucking t- wrote it down. <laughs> I was just so it's like lost. Spies like us, KGB question mark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I did that, and then and then soon after, then then my commercial agency, uh, their voiceover department called me. And they were like, hey, so uh, we just got a call from Carol Casting. You booked, uh, you know, the, the new voice. We've been following your career for a yeah, while. Yeah, my you know, ass. We, yeah, we, so, you know, we'd like to know if we can uh, put you on our roster here and take the 10% of those commercials, by the way. And, uh, but it, I was fine with it because yeah, I was like, well, yeah, you want to get me auditions? Yeah. As long as you're getting your work. Yeah, literally, like a month later, I got uh, the audition for Miller Genuine Draft for uh, the new voice of Miller Genuine Draft. Huh? Yeah, the and, first beer and, I ever got drunk on. Nice, oh, congrats, bro! Yeah. Congrats, congrats! <laughs> uh, th- did you throw a chew down the down the pile? No, that too? was That's that was okay. about yeah. a month yeah. before the chew incident. Uh, yeah. We had a guy uh, when I played softball in in, in Milwaukee. 
All he ever said, he would go to the bar. We just bar fesser was the place we used to play softball for, and he'd he'd always come strolling to the the bar. Give me a couple of GWs, and we're like. My buddy was the bartender. He goes, "What the hell is a GW?" He goes, "Genuine draft, my friend." So I've I've only ever called them GWs my whole entire life. That's hilarious. Genuine draft. They did a campaign a while ago uh, that was um, uh, that was the sophisticated beer. So the the tagline was, "Do you really have to be thirty to appreciate the golden rich flavor of Miller Genuine Draft?" Taste for yourself. So that was I auditioned for that. And then got it and got the campaign for Miller Genuine Jesus Draft. I'm still the, the 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 Jimmy Dean sausage sandwiches are still airing. I'm broke as a joke. My wife and I at the time, I think her yeah, fiance and I, we're living in her brother's 175 square foot guest house mm-hmm. uh, I, for free. So did you guys sleep standing up or <laughs> there was a bed <laughs> and then a little kitchenette and a bathroom, and that was it. And we had a dog. And uh, and so uh, and then I got that job and then and then they were like okay well you're the MGD guy so we're gonna do the Oscars as a spot and there's a line that you cross a line there was this whole like narrating thing and it was going so great made a lot of money off those things. This is I was just gonna say so they make money okay yeah. so yeah, yeah the voice and, stuff and did it's pay actually well. what, what put the down payment on my house was with MGD money you know because it was because uh, we're living for free too that helps yeah uh, but is this pre buy like do they do buyouts and and those things too like uh, I know that was the, that's the big I issue non union will they, do a buyout right? yeah yeah or okay. if you're a celebrity they'll do a union buyout which will be some kind of like here's ten million dollars yeah, yeah so you yeah. were getting so these things because they're national you're getting you're getting yeah. paid to and then, play. at one point there was like nine of them. And you're getting Plus paid every time they play. Other, you know, the, Jimmy, the, Deans. Jimmy Deans, dude. And it was it was great. Jesus Christ. That's, like more, a, that's more work than a lot of people do in like 10, 15 dude, years. I, and, and, I, and by I, the way, you're bang, the voice bang. of the Midwest. Right. right? Yeah. Beer, Jimmy, beer, Jimmy, beer and sausage. Jimmy Dean and yeah. MGD. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the kid from Hawaii, you know, like just. Well, I, I spent every summer in Valparaiso, These are things Indiana that I don't drink up, or eat. So. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm not allowed to. Because I'm not allowed to. Anyway, so did that. And then, so, you know, you say how you got kind of started in the voiceover world. Like, really, a friend of mine's. Wife like took a chance on me and, and gave me a gave me a, a solid and was like, "We you, can you want to come in and audition for this?" You know, but look, this, I mean, that sounds like uh, that sounds like your a lot of your work early on came from just kind of people you were friendly with and who liked you and who yeah, knew like, you and yeah, and, and I also say, like, but it was never me sitting in my apartment like waiting. It was always like I'm at I.O. I'm taking classes. I'm performing with these people. You meet people who, yeah. you know, and then she has a job. She's like, hey, I perform with this guy. Um, the way I got that, the, even even how I got the, the Ken and Barbie play, I was doing free improv shows at oh, the Westwood Brewing Company oh, for six people, you know. Westwood Bruco, baby. Westwood yeah. Bruco, upstairs in this little room. Yep. And I was doing it with Will Wheaton. You know Will Wheaton yeah. from you know, Star Trek, right? Yeah. Wesley Crusher, whatever. He is an awesome guy, great improviser, hilarious. He's doing these shows with us. You know, and he gets cast in this play, but gets a movie in Florida or something. Calls me out. He's like, "Corboy, I can't do this play. I think you're perfect for it to play Ken." And that's how I got the play. But it was it, like people are like, "Oh, you just got handed a play." I'm like, "Well, no, I was you... performing free comedy <laughs> twice a night every night I, yeah, for years." I, I, don't, you know, I did like, not mean to make it sound like that was yeah. you, no, were, no, no. you were handed. I, didn't, because, I, I don't think it did. because that is that is how people. Oh well, he just knew somebody. It's all who you know. Yeah, it is sure, but yeah. you were There's so like much you work said, that goes you were into that. Out so, yeah. honing it. You you were acting. You were doing it. You yeah. weren't sitting at home going, "Well, I'm an actor." No, you were out. And acting. at the time, you know, I'm circling everything in backstage, sending out headshots every day, fifteen times a day with stamps on them. You know, trying to get yeah. jobs like just 
you know, getting like just crappy stuff. And, you know, it's, it's a grind, man. Like I don't, I tell people, I mean, I'm, I'm serious when I say it, like, I don't know that I would, if I knew the grind that it, that it has and been, then, the I don't know that I would have started. Yeah. I mean, dude, you kind of just were, got caught up and just started doing it. And then you yeah, realize I'm doing it. I gave myself six months to have fun, you know? And I was like, man. And then I got in the union. Boom. Yeah. And I was like, oh, and then I got my first acting gig, union acting gig. And I was like, well, that's cool, you know? But you know what? Six, six more months, and then, I, listen, if I'm not making money and not having fun, I'm out. And that's kind of always been my philosophy of, like, six more months, no fun, no money, I'm out. Well, you were also talking about when you did The Descendants, you didn't see the bump that you were hoping for. So how does one... Yeah. Because that, that was, look, that, and, and, and I understand that only in the fact that that was a very... It, 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 who, what you did, who directed it, who you were starring with... Yeah. It was a part of the like it's it had all that yeah. attention and so like that in its own way. And it was like a big it, small part in the movie. Yeah, like you saw the movie, you're like, oh, I know, I know exactly who you are. Yeah, you know? but it just goes to show you how fickle this business is. But how know, how man. does how did you deal like so? Well, did that change your mindset a little bit? Because because you kind of thought, okay, this could this this is were you thinking to yourself, okay, this, I've laid some groundwork here. I this. actually, uh, I'll, I'll tell you, um, yeah, I was like, I I. I have to capitalize on this if I can. Like, sure. really, if I can. And I'll tell you, Jim Burke, nicest guy. Alexander Payne, nicest guys. We were shooting the shit over some margaritas in Hawaii one night, you know, and uh, and they were like, "How?" Alexander goes, or no, I think it was Jim. He goes, why don't you have a better agent? Why don't you have a bigger agency? Not better, but bigger. And I go, well, I, I mean... I've tried. Like that's I'm that's at the, the people. I'm with the people that will represent me. I'm with the people who said yes. Yeah. And believe me, I, I've I, I've sent letters to all of them. You know. And Jim says, "Do you think Alexander and I could help you try to get a bigger agency?" Uh, probably. Probably not, you guys. I don't think so. I don't think, dude. They set me up with meetings at Principato Young, at APA. At, I mean, they they set me up, and every single person said no. And why do you think that is? I know why. I mean, they how? gave me reasons. There was a great guy. I forget his name now. Dan Barron is his name. Dan Barron. He's agent at, at, at um, um, the last one I just said. Uh, anyway, great. He was like, hey, buddy, I want to be in the Matt Corboy business. Here's the problem. You're, th- what was I at the time, 38? He's like, you're 38. You've never been a series regular on a show. You're coming off an incredible movie where you do an incredible job with incredible people. But I got to get 20, 20 people to say yes to you and to put their time and energy to you over their clients who have all been regulars on shows for years who also aren't working. So how does one, how do you justify that in your mind when you hear stuff well, like that? Well, I heard it so many times that I finally got some balls one day. And I was meeting at, an, at a management company with these two women. And they said the same thing. And they go, I, I just don't see how that's going to happen. And I said, yeah, well, I have a question for you. And she goes, what's that? I go, how many of your clients auditioned for the part that I got? And she goes, all of them. And I go, mm-hmm. And maybe. I got it. I go, and I got it. Sounds to me like maybe you need better clients. And just ballsed it and said it. And she was like, touche. <laughs> <laughs> and she goes, listen. I understand what you're saying, but the reality is, you know, X, Y, Z, all need jobs. And yeah. they've all been regulars, and they're studio approved, and, 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 you know? 
And I did get a better manager out of it. I got a um, still my manager to this day. I got got some you know better management out of it. Um, and you know, yeah, dude, it go it just goes back to like you know what that just wasn't the thing that was gonna that was gonna put me but on, how on you, the map. Okay, you know? so forty five now. How do you? I mean, you're still doing your thing, which is fine. And yeah, but listen, if I, didn't, way, if but I wasn't if I didn't have my toe in the voiceover world, I, I it, this would be a much different. Okay, conversation. You know, because you also work with Sally, which is how I know yeah. you. Sally, yeah, Brooks, correct. Former yeah. former guest here, and also former the uh, mm-hmm. uh, the writer and actress of someone you know, award award winning, award winning writer, award winning someone you know. That's it's amazing. doing very well, dude. It's killing it. Well, you know, we talked about it when we were making it. Is you know, she wrote a really good script. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And and I think also. I'm not gonna tell you anything you don't already know, but and we talked about this when we were getting ready to make this. Yeah. It's like it was a, it made a huge difference that not only did you 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 get the material, but you're the fact that you guys get along so well, like the yeah. like all of that, all that matters. Yeah, for sure, it all matters. Yeah. it all matters, dude. It all it all matters. We had the we had the built in chemistry because we've been friends for years. You yeah. Know? Um, but there's not always that built-in chemistry. Um, you have to earn uh, it or make it. Yeah, or I'll tell you, I, so I, a few years ago, I booked a guest star on the pilot of Lucifer, that oh. TV series, Lucifer, yeah, yeah, yeah. and Tom Ellis is Lucifer, okay. right? We're at the table read at Fox, giant, giant table read, right? We get done. He goes, can I have your number? Can I have your number? Can I have your number? And, and it gets all the, all the series regulars' numbers and the guest stars in the pilot. Text everybody. I want to make the best pilot we can make. But in order to do that, I think that we need to be, we, ha- we need to have a camaraderie with each other. We need to break bread together. We need to know each other, where you're from, who you are, before we ever start this project. Can I invite everybody into the Soho house tomorrow night for dinner? On me, dinner, drinks, conversation, just to get to know each other to make this the, the best pilot we can. The guest stars. I mean, I'm in one scene in the beginning of. I open up the entire series. I'm a cop who comes and, and gets glamored by him. And, dude, we all went, and it made a huge difference, like yeah. in the pilot, because he's working with these people who are supposedly his friends forever, yeah. you know. And like, but anyway, like that, like he he knew what you were saying, which is like it's tough to fake it, you know. And so he did that out of his own pocket to like, you know. And also. <laughs> Almost like a quarterback buying lunch for the linemen or buying a yeah. nice dinner or giving them all watches or for cars sure. or whatever. It's like, in a sense, you guys are all there. Like, if, if one of you isn't doing a good job or isn't feeling it or whatever, it yeah. affects the whole project. So you want everyone to be on the same page and kind of defending each other and be there for each other yep. like you were a band almost. Yeah, you know? for sure. So, well, you were also, um, from a... a, a directing standpoint and having you know been a part of the project for a little while and then you bring some extra people in you're also e- again it goes back to what i was telling you before yeah. you're easy to talk to it's like yeah. it's easy to have dialogue with you and even if even if there's something that you know initially you're not on the same page with it's like it's an open it's a non-threatening dialogue of yeah. like somebody going no 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 hey captain really yeah. what you need to know here <laughs> yeah, is yeah. you're all you're going way off base <laughs> here and here's what i bring to the table and here's the direction i feel like i need to take this like yeah you, it's it's like again, you know, you and I would have discussions, and you'd be like, "Yeah, cool, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah," and you like, or we, and you know, we would we there was, we were able to dance. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like totally. it, and I think that goes a long way. And mm-hmm. you end up ultimately, it's we all want to put the best product out there for sure. 
You know, yeah, and we're that, all like nobody's matters. there trying to be a dick to be like, yeah, say it this way because that's gonna make it terrible. No, you know? but it, yeah. but it can, you know, that was a short film on a limited budget yeah. that could have gone south very quickly, like many short films on yeah. limited budgets can. Yeah, because when you have a limited budget, you have limited time. When you have limited time, you have increased stress. Mm-hmm. And if you snap, if yeah. people snap, or if they just hurry up, or they give up, it takes all it takes is one person to start giving up, right? Yeah, it's the chain reaction, just, right? And you Despite. feel it, it ripples right through everything. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it, 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 it's I, yeah, it's like being in a band. If you all of a sudden the bass player decides, nah, fuck <laughs> this, I hate this song, then you're like, hey, buddy, you're needed, guy. Even yeah. though you're the least glamorous of the of everyone, yeah. you're needed. Making, we're all, we're making, all part of this, yeah, pyramid that we've built. Making film and television, it just it's sometimes I you, you have to pull yourself back and realize how many people it takes to do one thing. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. People that don't, all those things need to work together mm-hmm. from the beginning to the end. Yep. They all have to work properly because yep. if they don't, just one little one little cog in the wheel, it's it can set everything off. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's why, just, yeah, you need your stand-ins, Mr. Farrell. <laughs> no. Boom. <laughs> I do appreciate the fact that I will say that um that a lot of people wouldn't have said what you would have said. They would have just put their shoulders down. Uh, yeah, and just I would have been too away. afraid. I think I just yeah. almost like, well, but Will Ferrell said he doesn't need to stand dude, in, honest, so I'm like, quite leave. honestly, man, like I, I was, I had been on that movie for almost two months. Oh yeah, you wanted to, every you wanted day to off as yourself. Non, after that. I was like, dude, I can't, I can't do this. That anymore. non-union background. Well, shit it all happened. Crazy. But do you I, think I went you would have went to the second AD two weeks into shooting, and I said, hey, anything else? I can I'm do? not here to be an extra. I'm here to be an actor, and I'm going to be an actor someday, but this is how I'm going to get into the union. So if there's anything that I can do, stand in or otherwise, or if there's a line or whatever, like anything I can Read do to, with get, other to, actors. What yeah, you to get my vouchers, to get in the union, because a lot of times they would just slide you a voucher, you know? So I'd be like, hey, do you have any extra vouchers? If there's anything I can do. And she was like, okay, I'll keep it in mind. And like, but but and you're like not the only one that's saying later. that, right? No, so you I'm also sure. have to behave well, a certain but, way. But you have there, to be likable. I was say, there's a way to go about that. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. that a lot of people are like, put me in the movie. I'm in the movie. And yeah. you're like, oh, you're okay, give me a voucher. You guys got vouchers. Give me a voucher. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just very sweet to her. And I, and I was like, hey, listen, like, if there's anything I can do, like, I really would appreciate it. And uh, and sure enough, you know, I mean, I happen to be the right height ish. Yeah. You know, the right ethnicity, that does matter. the right all that stuff, you know. So it was close. And uh, so it all worked, you know. And like they say in Hollywood, it's like, you know, it's prepara- luck meeting preparation. You no, know? I will I will share the exact opposite experience of that story. So when I was working at the Herald Examiner, have you ever filmed at the Herald? No. Um, which is odd. It's like, you know, you figure you work enough, eventually everybody, especially yeah. that place, because it films so much. But um, they were shooting an episode of Charmed there. Ah. This is very early on when I was working there, so I didn't have much to do. I was a, I was a this is the Rose McGowan charmed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and um, I, uh, um, uh, by the way, Alyssa Milano, one of the few people, like when she came in, I was like, oh, you're naturally beautiful. Like oh, I don't cool. mean that in a bad way. But you know what I mean? You know, a lot of us. Yeah. We need to gather ourselves, myself yeah. included, just to be mediocre. She just looking. rolls up looking great. Just to be mediocre looking in the morning. <laughs> I got a lot of work to do. I roll out a two. Takes a lot of work to be a six. Exactly. I, yeah. I'm not even. I'm two. Then I can get about two point seven three. If I can get there, I'll be okay. As long as my wife can still make eye contact with me. But point being was. Um, I'm just like sitting around, and I, I'll never forget this. It's very early on because I didn't understand a lot of how the business works. Yeah. And, and I think it was the second AD walked over, and he go, he looked at me, and he goes, "How tall are you?" This is 
And I was like, "Oh, funny." I'm six two, and he goes, "Follow me." And I'm like, first off, Whoa. I don't. I'm not on the production. I'm like working at the yeah, like at the place off the place. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. Takes me to wardrobe. They're like, um, "Can you?" She said the, the wardrobe woman looks at me. And she goes, "Yeah, he'll do." And I'm like, still have no idea, like what, what yeah. on earth is going on here? Like, <laughs> how tall are you? And he'll do? Yeah. Like, I'm assuming something's happening, but not. No one's really explained to me. Yeah. And uh, then he goes, "All right, um, I'll have you fill out the paperwork later. Um, can you? Uh, we just need to stand in. We got a shot from like one building to the other. We need you to be whatever the main character guy was in that movie. He yeah. was. Um, it was him, and then they had the stand-in for Alyssa Milano or Rose McGill. One of them. I can't remember what. And I'm like, okay. And I went and did it, and it was just, I had flipped over, right? I'm like, on the other side yeah, of the no, camera, and I'm yeah. doing it, and I'll never forget, I'm, I'm filling up the paperwork, and I said to the guy, I'm like, hey, man, you know, listen, um, I mean, if this worked out, and you need this more often, I'm happy to do it. He goes, no, we're good. And he just handed me the thing, and like, yeah, I was done. We're good. <laughs> it's like the complete opposite of what you were like. Uh, I mean, no, but he, that could have happened to me. Like, I, I don't know that I ever would have got another standing job after the Will Ferrell job, but I didn't need it. I only needed the three vouchers for those three days. Yeah. And that was yeah. it. I mean, and again, it to, it to in his defense, for all I know, the stand-in that's normally yeah. there just wasn't there that day. So it's yeah. like, no, we don't need you, dude. We just you helped us. Thank yeah. you. We're done. Yeah, you filled the role that we needed for today in that yeah. moment. Yeah, right. So thank you very that much. That guy's for job coming. was to find someone quickly to fill that spot, yeah. and he did it. Yeah, now, you were the go guy. back to your secret office and take a nap for those sixteen <laughs> hours while we finish doing our job. You know? yeah. yeah, but it was fine. I didn't care. It was a great experience. Like yeah. any of those. Moments when you, especially when it's new, like that's the one thing I, uh, for anybody that ever really like wants to be in Hollywood, yeah. Like even when you were talking about initially, it's like, yeah, you don't, you don't want to be an extra. And we've had a lot of guests that have talked about doing the extra work and stuff like that. It's not, it's not like the end game per se, but when you're bright eyed and bushy tailed and you go in for that experience, if you choose to pay attention and your goal is to not be annoying Mm -hmm. and your your goal initially, maybe it's not your long term plan but just to, to in you know absorb the experience totally you learn so cool. much it's pretty cool i think you know? every, every actor should should be a non-union extra for a little bit just to experience like every little cog in the wheel like you're talking about john yeah you know um and th- you really should in fact you guys ever hear about jenna fisher's book that she just came out with uh-uh. it's it, it's basically like uh acting acting 101 like what did you've decided to be an actor in your hometown of Ohio? Now you're moving to Los Angeles. Now what? Is basically her book. Yeah, and it is awesome. Really, it, I, everybody who's like, yeah, my son is moving to Hollywood. I'm like, awesome. Read Jenna's book. Read Jenna's book. Read Jenna's book. It's phenomenal, and it says that exactly what we're talking about. It says do extra work. Learn what a grip is. That's Learn <clears throat> what this guy does, what that girl does, what that person does, why they're standing there, what that means, you know, all that stuff. That's what, what ABC means. That's yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that literally is the division of people who are okay sitting in a chair reading a book for eight hours mm-hmm. and then occasionally having to sit in a restaurant or walk past the camera. Yep. And then the people, like, if you're not on set and you're brand new and you're not trying to learn... You're gonna be there for. You're gonna be doing that shit forever. Like, forever. And there are there people who no. do that forever, and, and that's, that's their fine. thing. And like, and cool. We, and I couldn't needed, do it for me. Fuck no. Yeah, I had other plans. Yeah, no, and that. No. And again, it's fine. But I do agree with you in the fact that the the more familiar you become with yeah. everything mm-hmm. related to this business, like you were talking about, just like using. We kind of glossed over, but like the shield is a perfect example. Mm-hmm. There's hitting marks. There's cameras moving around. There's more than not just knowing your lines. There's, oh, yeah. it's there's, like a, again, it's a, whole... it's a dance. It's like a, it's there's a, a lot of 
moving parts and to not be intimidated by all these other people that are not on camera wandering around behind you and doing yeah. these, like, you need to be familiar with that stuff. All that stuff. Because yeah. it can get into your head. And also, I tell people, I'm like, you know what you should do is volunteer on your friend's short film to hold the boom. Yeah. Volunteer on your friend's short film to do whatever. Yeah. Because I have the most respect for two positions in Hollywood, and that is boom operator Dude. and script supervisor. What is the boom operator? What kind of shoulder and arm <laughs> exercises do those, do those guys do? <laughs> Not only that, they got to know who's saying what in what order. All the time. In every scene. And, and that also, boom moves accordingly uh, and also over the top. And also be aware of other sounds that could possibly be fucking up your scene. Oh, and don't ever get in the way. Yeah, don't, don't leave a shadow. Yeah, ever. And don't let the thing drop into frame. Ever. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like, they're like the kicker in football. Like, just you got one say, job. That's like a, if but when the you, when they do they it right. Ten jobs. Yeah, when they do it right, you don't even know they're there. And when they don't do it right, you're like, God, you're, you suck. You like, suck. Yeah, Who like, hired this guy? Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I tell every time I'm on a set, you know, like I was just I was just in Chicago shooting Chicago Med, and uh, and the and the boom operator, like I literally was like, hey, would it be easier if I? And he was like, huh? Well, yeah, thanks for asking. Like I was like the first actor to be like, can I help you? Yeah, because sometimes they don't because even look at the boom guy. Yeah, they're just like blend into the you know. But, dude, do that job for a day. No. Huge respect. Literally, I can't even lift both my arms above my head with holding nothing for longer than a couple minutes at a time. No, there's that one time you held a baby for a really long time. I Not above my head. Not above his no head. No yeah. way, man. Way to answer that seriously. If I could, if way, I like... could cup. If no, I could... You don't remember that day you held a baby over your head for four hours? <laughs> if I could snuggle the boom, that would be different. But... Well, I think that would have been on the news. Yeah. Strange bearded fella holding baby that is not his <laughs> not over his, his head for four hours. No, but that's a good. That's good, solid advice to to see what other people do. Like, yeah. it's you're just because you're an actor. Look, man, everybody in Hollywood is replaceable. I don't give a shit. Yeah, who thinks they're not? They're wrong. Even Clooney knows he's replaceable. Yep. If Clooney won't do it, Brad Pitt will get him. Yep, somebody and will do it. It's like watching the Hearts of, uh, Hearts of Darkness and uh, mm -hmm. uh, uh, the director. Uh, Coppola Branson, yeah. is uh, is like, what do you mean Marlon Brando's not going to be here on time? Fuck him. If he doesn't do it, we'll get De Niro. Fuck that. If we can't get De Niro, we'll get Pacino. We'll get somebody in here. And he was like, dead serious. Yeah. And I was like, but 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 everyone's replaceable, and and everyone serves a purpose on a film set. Like, there's very few people that are just ex outside of like executives who show up who don't need to be there. Yeah, they don't. Have so to they can throw yeah. their two cents in. Yep. No offense, you guys are fucking idiots. But like. <laughs> But everyone else, from the from the PA getting the coffee to yeah. the the transpo guys bringing yeah. the trailers to the grips holding the fucking yeah. lights, all that shit is. Without it, you can't make a movie or a TV show. Yeah, you can't you can't do it. You know, it's all very important. Yeah, I was. For, also, like, PA, it goes back so. to like standing in line. It's uh, my friend Todd Stashwick. I don't know if you guys have worked with him or know who he is. He's a great actor, journeyman actor. You know, kind of guy. Sweet um, last name. Yeah, Stashwick. Um, he, but he's always, he's always kind of on a series, you know. Now, but he struggled for years. He calls it standing in line, the, the Hollywood line, and he goes, "Buddy, the reason a lot of these actors are like, ugh, I don't want to do this. I don't want to be on this set, uh, whatever. Like, I don't, my my storyline's not big enough." He goes, "It's because they never stood in line. Guess what? Guess where it's better? Anywhere is better than, than the standing line. in line. Yeah, anywhere's better than the line. On set is 
always better. One line, seventeen than standing lines, a million line. lines. I'll take them all. Like I don't care. I know a lot of guys who wouldn't be like, yeah, I wouldn't have done that one line on the shield. Oh yeah, well you wouldn't have got nineteen you more fucking have episodes. Eighteen more episodes. You don't know yeah. where anything ever takes you. No. you that's why you start... do everything. You yeah. do everything that comes your way at the, in the be- especially the beginning, because like you, you don't know who you're gonna meet. Yeah. Who you're, like Alexander Paint taking you. I mean, what the what the fuck does that happen to? Like yeah. people that put themselves in those situations. You yeah. know. Again, it, it everything has got cause and effect. Like, so you, yeah. you just don't know. I mean, as as simple and as silly as my story was to start this thing off about the guy remembering the way I talked ten years ago, yeah. and calls me to do a commercial because he thought my he never forgot the way forgot I talked. The way you talk in That's a completely crazy. different field. Crazy. By the way, that kind of like you with the Time Warner thing. It's like yeah. you know, you just don't. It, the answer to almost everything should always be yes. Yep. And sometimes you're going to regret that yes. There's no doubt about for it. for sure. There's but been times I'm like, why am I here? Did I say yes yeah, to this? Sure. Someone you know, hundred dollar a day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wait. Wait. No. Uh, yeah. Whatever <laughs> it is. And uh, yeah. And then all of a sudden you're like, uh, but you know what? Lear- just learn from it. Learn. Learn. Learn to be better at saying no. That's what I learned. Yeah. That's get what I learned on this. Out of As it. you get more yeah. into it at your stage of the game now, yeah, you probably have to be selective more. Yeah. So. Well, because I'm busier with other things that will pay me more and. Uh, it, it, but I have to be available for those things, yeah. right? Yep. You know, and if I'm not available, so then then you have to make the choice. You're like, well, okay, I'm gonna do this, but that means I'm not available for these other things, right. and and that's all calculated now, you know. Yeah. Uh, but at first, I, I tell every, uh, every new actor, I'm like, dude, you, you your job is to say yes to every opportunity, act, baby, act, baby. Yeah, I don't give a shit you what know, it is. When yeah. I first started making short films and 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 uh, independent television pilots, when it became a little more e- when it e- got easier, a easier, yeah, digital to do them, yeah. I was shocked at how uh, hard it was to get actors. They all said no, yeah. but how easy it was to get standups. Like standups ah. always said yes. Actors always smart. said. No, you know why? Because stand-ups are out there hustling yeah. every night. Darren Capozzi, dude, he's out there six nights still, a week. Well, he man. works on um, uh, that. He works on a syndicated uh, Jody Miller's. Yeah, show? yeah what's yeah, it? Yeah. Uh, um, so you, so I can make you so laugh. You, so you know. Oh, what is you that saying? the one Louis on? Yeah, he's he, Louis. Louis Anderson's done it a bunch of times. He's like a guest. Yeah, what? It's like the Hollywood Squares kind of thing. Make right? me laugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Want to yeah. laugh? What's yeah. his name? Who owns everything now? Byron um, Allen. Byron, Byron Allen. Allen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're, one of the smartest guys in Hollywood, dude. Dude owns the weather. He just bought the Weather Channel. Yeah, yeah. that's crazy. I, I mean, people are like Byron Allen. What, what is Real he people. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, he owns like yeah. not the not the glamorous, but he owns the second tier, but he owns all of them. All of it. I mean he's gotta be a billionaire. Yeah, he is. He's yeah. actually he is a billionaire a with a billion- B. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He, Genius dude. He was one of those guys that real probably people. was sitting around one day. That's my favorite show. Wasn't gonna live off his real people money forever. Oh, God, with, I love that great. show though. That's, that's incredible. That's incredible. That's incredible. That's incredible. Right. One of the, right Saturday right nights, baby. Was it Friday nights or Saturday nights on that? I one? thought it was like Sunday afternoons. No, I think no, it was Sunday night. It was Sunday night. Maybe Maybe it was, Sunday it was, it was a family night. We all watched it together. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but no, he was smart in the fact that he sat down, saw a gaping hole being ignored in this industry. Yeah. And just took it all. Because nobody else wanted it. Nobody else because it wasn't it. the glamorous stuff, right? No, yeah. strip shows, strip shows, just a man daily strip show. Yeah, but he has been raking it in off of. So we'll mm. get you out of here. So let's do a lightning round. Yeah, uh, lightning round. A couple things. Obviously, you grew up in Hawaii. Your favorite thing about growing up that you that you always think about, like when you think about your oh. childhood, like your favorite thing that you just always makes you feel warm and fuzzy inside. The food. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, like spam musubis, plate lunches, shave ice. What's a plate? What do you mean plate lunch? What plate is lunch that? is a standard, like a staple in Hawaii. It's usually a 
uh, two scoops of rice, a scoop of macaroni salad, and then a protein. Interesting. Like teriyaki chicken or Kelby the ribs. Scoops, that's the key. That's why. I mean, there rice. are fat Hawaiians, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a lot of carbs. A lot of carbs going on in Hawaii. Ah, the carb lovers. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, the food, uh, the food, and then just the ocean for me. You know, those yeah. are the two things. Your uh, your your favorite moment uh, in Colorado when you got there? Well, like what what Ooh. was it about that? Because coming from Hawaii and yeah. going to Colorado, it's beautiful. Yeah, but it's very different. different. Yeah, yeah. What do you remember? Um, I'll, mm, I'll I'll tell you the beauty of the mountains when I first got there. Like it was awesome. Snow caps. Yeah, there, there wasn't snow cap when I got there, oh. but it became because we yeah. got there in August, right, or whatever, and it was just. Did you like, experience snow prior to that? I had been, yeah, I had skied on like spring breaks and, okay. and Christmas breaks. Uh, I was lucky enough. My best friend growing up, Jin Wakayama, Jin's dad, Bert, took m- his family and me uh, skiing. Nice. So we would go to Whistler. We'd go to Steamboat Springs. We would. So I, I got to ski. Okay. You know, my parents never went, never did it, but um, Jin's family did. So okay. I got to go with them. Uh, so I'd experienced it. So um, I, when when I got there, and I was like, I'm li- I'm living in this, you know. Yeah. But you wake up. This I don't know what it is about them, like because the, they're the foothills that are right next to Fort Collins, and they just like jet up. And they're I mean, so about it, man. When I got there, I was like, God, that's the Rocky Mountains. Yeah. You know, that's crazy. Yeah, Colorado's yeah. great, man. Oh, dude, it's the best. Who is your longest? Who's the who's the person you have known the longest, and why why is it that you keep in touch with them? Do you think? Who's the person I know the lo- outside of my family? Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I'll tell you, I got a great, I got the greatest group of high school friends on the planet, and I say high school. Our school was kindergarten through twelfth grade. Okay, so I've known a lot of these guys. Jin Wakayama being one of them. Uh, I've known these guys since I've known Jin since I was born. My my sister and his brother were in kindergarten together, and then we were born. Four years later, or we were like you know one, and we knew each other. And you guys um, communicate to this day. You to still to this day. There, we have a group text. There's nine of us on there, and it's all all the boys that we grew up with. And everybody's doing different things. And we in just this world. have a shorthand with each other. Everyone's yeah. doing, dude. Everyone's doing something crazy, different. I mean, all walks of life. You know, like crazy. Everyone has a different job. And we just have shorthand with each other and just like the the kind of lingo, the kind of pigeon, you know, English with each other. And it's the best. Like, um, I always tell, I tell my son this. I'm like, buddy, my friends keep me young. You know, like we talk about old times. We talk about like back in the day. Like we talk about like just, we, you know, and we just act silly with each other. And I think that I think that's why I'm still friends with them, you know, yeah, because like. That's exactly why you're still friends with them. They yeah, make you feel it's like, just rad. Because when you hang out. Or even when you text, it takes you right back to like right back. Yeah, we might as well be in fourth grade again, like, dude. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, might as well be Brian Wells and I on a uh, we we went uh, to on Kalalau Valley and we went hike. My dad took us there and we went on this hike and found these two girls that were hiking naked. And we it was like I'll never forget. I looked over at Brian and he's just like staring at these girls. <laughs> we were ten, dude. fifth grade, and to this day, you know, like every time Brian will do something, I'm like. I know that look. That's the look of Kalalau when you saw those yeah. naked girls. <laughs> that was his first pair of real tits that he saw. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we just we just know each other. Like I, I know everything about them. You know, I know yeah. I know their families. Their, their I know every little nuance of how they grew up. You know, like and and it's you know it's cool, man. So do you remember your first once you decided you were moving to L.A.? Do you mm-hmm. remember day one? Do you remember anything Ooh. about your arrival day? Anything special or unique? That stood out when you were like, you know, there's that. I'm making a decision, 
and I'm going here. And there's yeah. always day one. Do you remember anything about that? Or God, maybe day the one. Day one was in a U-Haul. Or? Okay. So Jin Wakayama, right, <laughs> has just finished college. I've just finished college. Our friend Brian Wells, who's the fifth grader naked girl guy, yeah. right? <laughs> Randomly. He plays volleyball at UCLA. He's he's in his fifth year because he's playing volleyball. It's because he redshirted a year. He's living by himself. I pay for Jin to fly to Colorado to pick up all my junk, and we put it in a U-Haul, and we drove to L.A., and we drove to Brian's old apartment and grabbed him, and he jumped in the cab, and we threw all his stuff in, and we went to our new apartment on Greenfield Avenue. i never forget. It was like, dude, the three amigos. Yeah. You know? Like, we've never lived together. We've been friends since we were born, and we basically haven't been with each other for the past four and a half years because we've been in college, sure. you know, and we're like, we've always wanted to do this, you know. I'll never forget. That was the most exciting thing for me was like living with the boys. The start you know? of something new. Yeah. yeah the right? start like of something that whole new. Thing. A new adventure with two guys that you've yeah. known your whole life. And my uncle, his girlfriend, hooking me up with being an actor <laughs> in Hollywood. <laughs> uh, I literally was like, dude, I'm, I got it. I'm, I got an in. Basically, who do I give my Oscar speech to? Yeah, <laughs> where where is Mr. Spielberg's office exactly? <laughs> what is what's what's your what's your is to the, to date your your favorite most your most uh, um, uh, your favorite gig that you've had? I got a couple of favorite gigs. I'll tell you, uh, The Descendants is one of them. Um, I, to make a living as an actor uh, in between gigs, which is a, a lot of in between gigs, right? Oh, yeah. um, I uh, two of my best friends are are con contractors. So and I have some some home improvement skills. So we were we had taken on a job uh, that we were we were redoing this guy's uh, like office and building a deck and doing some things. And then I got the job on the Descendants. And I uh, never forget I, w- I was in Hawaii on a boat with Alexander Payne, hanging out with Clooney. You know, we're all drinking beers. We're like, it's the best, right? They it's a longer story, but they actually um, they offer me a hotel room at the hotel at the St. Regis where we're staying for another week to give my wife a vacation in Hawaii. They go, fly your wife out. You guys stay. You guys stay in the hotel, and we'll, we'll pay for the, the room because we got so many rooms in the hotel, we'll just give it to you. Like, what? Who does that, right? Amazing. Yeah. And I was like, I can't. I got a home. I got a construction project <laughs> that I'm in the middle of. <laughs> so I flew home and hung drywall for ten hours the next day, just covered in drywall dust, you know. And I and I told this is the point of my story. I told my wife I got home that day and I go, I have to retire. She's like, Why? I'm like, It's never gonna get better than that. Like it's never gonna be cooler than the sentence. Like yeah. I, I, that's the that's the pinnacle. Yeah. Like I have to retire. I can't do this anymore. But a few years later, I was on a show. It was Hulu's first original scripted series, and it was awesome. We all did it for like no money, barely any money, living in Madison, Wisconsin. We lived at the Extended Stay America, on the west side of Madison. Nice, and. It was like a dorm. It was like the dorms all over again. We were making no money, having the most fun. Our friend J.D. Walsh, an actor-director, was directing it. He, he wrote and directed this thing. And he was so easy and fun. And he was one of our friends. And he was directing it. And it was called Battleground. Battleground on Hulu. It's still on Hulu. You can find it. Yeah, it's, uh, it's basically about a, um, a campaign manager. 
and how he gets hired in battleground states by certain um, candidates to get them elected. Oh, okay. And I play the opposing campaign manager in, uh, in, in the world of this thing. What do you think of Madison? The, one of the greatest towns oh, man. ever. Madison's I want my son to go to, to University you, of Wisconsin. Uh, I'm assuming you spent a little time on State Street. And, uh, oh, yeah. Huh? yeah. Did you go to the Great Dane? You to- I did. The Great Dane's <laughs> right there. That's so funny. Dude, uh, dude it's, it was awesome. So, like, I, I didn't think it would get better than The Descendants. And, and you know, The Descendants is a big Hollywood glitzy giant movie, right? You right. Know? Um, was low budget for them, but it's still twenty, thirty million dollar <laughs> yeah, movie. It's right? independent you know, film. Yeah, and then you go out and do the Descendants for. I'm sorry, and then you go do do um, Battleground for no money and have like the most amount of fun. You know, also two different things and like. But those are my two favorite jobs I think I've ever had. Um, and then and la- someone you know that movie was my favorite. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, good, excellent, and scene. Good save, good save. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna ask you a question because it, 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 so. The the the, the Descendants. We'll we'll finish on this because I'm curious to, to get. Sure. How, it gets it, it's getting nominated for uh, yeah. Academy Awards. One, did you go? Two, if you did not go, um, do you do you un, do you appreciate the fact, um, regardless that not every movie gets nominated. Not every movie yeah. that an actor is in ever has anything to do with the yeah. pinnacle of of filmmaking and acting, which is Academy Awards. Yeah. Having anything affiliated with it. Do you, do you do you ultimately, regardless of all of that, appreciate the fact that for the rest of your life and for oh. the history of film, you were affiliated with something that won Academy Awards? Yes, okay. it was amazing. I mean, I've done enough, you know, shitty things to, <laughs> to really appreciate right. the Descendants. You know, I mean, it's not like I, I walked out of Hollywood was like, ah, oh, my first thing got nominated for. <laughs> I mean, we won the Golden Globe for best movie. Yeah, you know, I mean, we won it. Like, holy shit. I still to this day think it's one of the biggest robberies in Hollywood that the artist. Either one of you see it? Do you even know uh, what it is? The artist. It was a silent movie, the oh. black and white silent movie. That one best movie that year. Yeah, and that, which is such a uh, bummer, dude. Was that was not such a bummer for that. Um, the answer is no. I was not invited to the Academy Awards, but you went uh, anyway. But <laughs> I kicked the door down. Uh, How does no. that work? Just out of curiosity, you literally. I think you... you need to have a publicist who like pushes for you, really. Okay. Um, you know, even Matthew Lillard, who has a pretty fucking big role in that movie, wasn't invited. Like he had to like sit in the nosebleeds and. At, Get a favor from somebody to like. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, Cowie Hart Hemmings, who wrote the book The Descendants, that won the Academy Award for Best Adapted Screenplay from her book, sat in the nosebleeds, and they only brought her down, and she sat um, in the seat of a wife of one of the producers, just for the camera shot of, of her nominated on the book, right? And then, and then they won. And they come back, and then they escorted her back up to the uh, balcony. <laughs> She's sitting up there with her award, like, nope, yeah, crazy. Well, she actually didn't win the award. It was oh, Alexander Nat and Jim gotcha. that won that award. Um, but Fox Searchlight, who did the movie, they're awesome. It was Matthew Greenfield was the head of it at the time. He's moved on to something even bigger and better. He's an amazing guy. It trickles down from the top, right? He, they had set up a giant party just down the street, um, right on the corner of uh, Hollywood and La Brea. There's that that like huge bar, yeah. and so everyone who was in the movie, who had something to do with the movie, who wasn't uh, the main, you know, five people. Um, we all hung out there, and after they, they they won the Academy Award, they walked down the street, and Alexander Payne and I got a picture holding the Oscar together. Okay, you know? so you watched it from somewhere else at the party, basically, yeah. for that thing. Correct. Okay. But Which you really were right cool. down the street. Yeah, just I mean, down you the street. were right there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. But that's yeah. still got to be cool to see that would actually work and actually be yeah, it honest. Was. Everyone who was... 
everyone who was at the awards, yeah, they heard about how much fun we were having. I want to like, be Man, at the next party. time. I'm not going to the awards. Yeah, I'm gonna hang there, out. These sweating stuff. in a tuxedo, acting yeah. like a. Dick. I mean, we were all in tuxedos, but we had open bar and yeah, food and fun people and you know it was cool did you were it, it, were you in the moment like realizing hey man you know this is pretty i i, I yeah. get what i get what my experience is right now did, yeah. were, did, were you were you were you recognizing totally. it in the moment I, yeah for sure and i honestly was like you know that's why it was like such a crestfallen moment uh, that moment but like f- like months afterwards of like wow that that didn't really do didn't anything. do anything for my career and here I am hoisting, yeah. hoisting the Academy Award with Alexander. Yeah, I like your attitude. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, was like, man, because th- people who people have done smaller parts in less successful things that if that's been their thing. Yeah. But I, I tell you know, it's just not my thing. It just wasn't my thing yet. Yeah. You know, and and there'll be something. Yeah. I'll book a job next week that'll be a recurring on a pilot. That's the next. Modern Family, right. that you know that, I, that they, my little recurring character turns into a regular, and then for that's ten the years, weird I'll thing of how this works, right? Yeah. Off, and then you're yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 you know. And you know that you're you're. We'll finish with this because both of you guys, you know, you do. A or lot I'll just of do acting. voiceovers for the rest of my career, and I'll be happy with that. Yeah, just stay off the coffee. It's yeah. all about the mushrooms. <laughs> but I mean, you, you the, the one thing that we all kind of have to kind of come to terms with because I think this this translates into life. Sometimes it's just it's it's nothing personal. It just Whatever that is that you yeah. wanted, they there was there was somebody else, and it had nothing to do yeah. with you as much as it had more to do with somebody else For or sure. something else. And it's, I think it's one of the hardest things that we all have to deal with in life mm-hmm. is like, why didn't that go my way, or why didn't yeah. this go my way? And, it and it's like you, you can hang it, on that. It can eat you alive, man. And you and you and it, uh, it you can't let it. Bother. And also, no. other people's successes are not your failures. No. Yeah. You, no. But you be, but you know as well as I do oh, yeah. how how much people think like because you got a job that means they didn't get a job. And it's like, well, hold hold on. I've even seen it with like boys and girls. Like, yeah. well, if you're a girl, they were casting a boy. Like, I don't get it. Like, what are you upset about, you know? Yeah. So I tell everybody <laughs> I'm like I'm like, listen, you know, and if you can't genuinely be happy for other people's successes, like do something else because yeah. this town is brutal with that, man. Yeah, yeah, and that, and that it takes it takes people a while. I mean, it took me a while to figure that out. Where yeah. it's like, just because somebody who I know got something over me doesn't mean I'm less or yeah. everyone hates me. It yeah. just means the people casting it didn't think I was right for yeah. it. So that's you're either that. the guy or you're not the guy. Yeah, you yeah. Know? and it's and not, you can't take it personally. No. You just have to kind of like go, okay, I'm not the guy. Put that out of your mind and yeah. move forward to something else. It's like. Exactly. I always, uh, you know, I hashtag next. Every time a friend, like, will, they'll write me and be like, fuck, I didn't get this thing. And I'll hashtag next. next. Yeah. You know, and they're like, I get it. But I'm like, listen, be disappointed. I'm not saying don't be disappointed. Yeah, be, you can be have your five, out, ten minutes I've of tested that. for pilots that didn't go my way, and it's crushing. I mean, debilitating f- sorrow. Yeah. You know, and but I, we signed up for it. I mean, I, you know, I the mean, highs I, are high and, and the lows the, are. Yeah. Thomas Lennon was on uh, K Rock this morning, and he was talking about. He goes, he goes, dude, the the crippling disappointment in acting is 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 so bad, and the crippling disappointment in writing is so bad, and the crippling disappointment in producing is so bad. He goes, that's why I do all three because I just hope that the, none of the crippling disappointments happen at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I just one thing shuffle might my be rising up around. while the other ones are getting shit on. No, yeah. it's true, but I, here's the thing. I, I tell everybody, I, I'm like, listen, we've all decided to move to Los Angeles and open up a lemonade stand. Yeah. 
my lemonade tastes a little different than yours, but it's both lemonade, Doesn't right? Mean At the end it's of the day. Worse. Now, just because like Brian walked up and he and he bought my lemonade doesn't mean that he didn't. I mean, I guess he didn't buy your lemonade, but didn't yours he didn't, just didn't. Have liked he it wanted he lemonade with a little like pink grapefruit in it, and yours didn't have it. You can that's only all. drink so much fucking lemonade in a day, you know. <laughs> exactly. So that, that's like especially at our age, you have to go to the bathroom all, all the time. But that's but yeah. that's it. You know, you, there's only so many people, and there's only so, they, they'll figure they have but to you figure genu- out. But you have to be happy them. that that guy sold some lemonade. I know I'm also selling lemonade, but uh, you know what I mean. That's the way. That's kind of my uh, analogy. That's a good analogy. Wife not in the business. Wife is not in the business. Used to be in the business. Okay. Yep. Created a television show. Uh, was on air talent for three hundred episodes on MTV. What was the uh, show? Twenty years ago, it was called The Blame Game. Okay. It was ex boyfriends and girlfriends would come on the show and sue each other to find out who was to blame for the <laughs> breakup. There was two uh, two lawyers and a judge. And uh, they That's used to do it as an improv show at Second City and IO and Improv Olympic IO West. Out oh here. wow. Yeah, and so she and a bunch of guys uh, created it, and she got to be the talent on it and was signed with CAA. Oh, that's great. And one day, we were together, actually, at the time, and one day she was like, I'm out. I don't, it doesn't do it for me anymore. Fair. Good for her. Good for her for knowing that. Yeah. And she's never looked back. Never looked back. That's great. Never even, well, on Battleground, that show, our friend uh, JD did. He was like, "Hey, w- I wrote it. I wrote the character of Kara. Like, this is you. Like, will you do this?" And she was like, "I'll do it for you." Like, as a I friend. didn't have to audition. But yeah, me the yeah, part. Yeah, but she, she. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. you know, you also you, you you're balanced now. You got a family. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, and you're she teaches yoga, and she's a stay at home mom, and uh, it's awesome. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. Balance is important. Balance, dude. Right? Yeah, for sure. I think you hit the nail on the head earlier, no pun intended, but you actually did, when you said you went from uh, passing up on St. Regis to going home and hanging drywall. Yeah. That's called balance in life. It sounds yeah. like, uh, but you know what? At the same time, <clears throat> balance. I just, uh, yeah, I just couldn't let my buddy down. I was yeah. like, but he's yeah. like, dude, we, we got to finish it. I was like, I know, I know. He's like, you said you've only been gone for three weeks. I'm like, I, I don't care. You know, and, but that's just it. You got also got to, you got to eat a little crow too. You know, yeah. it's like, I just got done hanging out with Academy Award winners, you know, yeah. and now I'm now I'm like hanging drywall and, and, and you know like building a fence and you know what I mean like yeah. just like dirty you know <laughs> gross stuff. But you know you got to make a living too. You got to make it's a living. Like, yeah, I got a kid. You got to roll. Know? Enjoy life. Enjoy yeah. life. If, if the only thing that you got pure joy out of is being a successful actor, that would be sad, right? Like you'd have to have yeah. other things because success well, is so few and far between. So few and far between. Yeah, I, I told a buddy of mine one time. You know, I, I was like, uh, he's like, hey, how are you? And he goes, well, I had a call back yesterday for, uh, you know, for Dr. Pepper, and uh, tomorrow I'm going in. And I go, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm sorry. How are sorry. you? I didn't Not ask, how, your I didn't ask how work was. <laughs> yeah. I asked how you were. And he goes, that's all I have. And I said, it sounds like you need to get a life. <laughs> Literally. See, the friend that but, tells the but truth. for real. Yeah. But, like, get a life, dude. That's, not, that's your work. You think if I asked, like, my dad, like, how are you? Well, I had a difficult uh, eye surgery case today. The vitreous came out of the uh, suture. You know, we had. A, I'd be like, "What? What? What? No, no, no! I asked, how, how are you are doing? You? Yeah, <laughs> not how is work. You know? Yeah. Oh, so, so true, dude. Great. Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah, for really. Thank you Thanks, very guys. much. Finally, be able to make time because you've been a busy fellow lately, which has been great. Knock yeah. on wood and keep it going. Yeah, Knock it, on whatever. Going. I don't know. Oh, here's wood. Here's wood. I think it's wood. I don't know what's wood anymore. I don't really know what's real That's wood. anymore. Oh, it okay. might be bamboo. Anyway, it could be bamboo. <laughs> Knock on bamboo. <laughs> but no, seriously. Thank you so much for sharing. Man. Yeah, this is great. great. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You got anything coming up that people should be checking out? Uh, yeah, I just found out uh, an episode of um, uh, Chicago Med. 
that I'm on. That's you could have just uh, sorry, done a straight. You could have done it right in there. Here it is. Chicago Med. Uh, looks like it's airing uh, April 3rd. April Ooh. 3rd. Check out uh, Med on Chicago Med. Yeah. And then I was just on um, the This Is Us last week. It was oh, fun. and my wife will have seen you. I stopped yes. watching that show after the second season. Somebody texted me. They go, congratulations on every wife in America seeing you on television. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and some of their husbands who were made to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I yeah. just, uh, I was like, I can't take this anymore. I only yeah. like the one, I only like the take this uh, Sterling Brown. I liked his storyline. Yeah, yeah. And the rest of them, I'm like, you got to stop. Like, <laughs> ah, I'm tired of this. So, but yeah. Yeah. But good for you, man. Congratulations. Yeah. Thanks, dude. And uh, continued success, buddy. That's Thank fantastic. You. Thanks Appreciate for doing it. the show. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you for listening to Hollywood Anonymous. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Hollywood Anani. That is short for Hollywood Anonymous. You can also follow John individually at John Huck and myself, Brian Irwin, at Brian Irwin on Twitter as well. Both of us can be found on Facebook. You can also Google us and contact us directly, HollywoodAnonymousGuys at gmail.com. Thank you again so much for listening, and please don't forget to subscribe. 